Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio. So let's get started, shall we? Well, hello, Leah. How are you? Kids are back in school. I'm back. Y- you, I'm back. You are also back. But kids back in school? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah? It's good. They're happy about it. Yeah. And uh, I asked Edison today, I'm like, how are you doing in school? He's like, I'm great. I'm doing great. <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you know? He's like, that's what the teacher said. I'm doing great. <laughs> like, the teacher told you that? She's like, well, she, she said everybody's doing great. <laughs> Fair enough. The teacher uh, asked me, uh, mm-hmm. asked everyone, mm-hmm. see, that's where Edison gets it. <laughs> yes, yes. Sent home a survey mm-hmm. about the kids, told these first graders that they were sending home homework, but the parents had to do it. <laughs> right? I'm sure that she played that up real hard for the kids. Oh, yeah. I'm sure yeah, they yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah. And then when Edison gave it to me, I asked him, will you get in trouble if I don't finish this? Mm-hmm. And then, and then he's like, no. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to finish it then. (laughs) And then then he's like, but she's going to be really mad. I was like, that sounds like a you problem. (laughs) Because he told that to you. Did did he say something along those lines? What did he say? I had run out of space in my uh, my item bag and mm-hmm. in my Pokemon storage, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, no! I've got to like, I've got to move a bunch of stuff around." He's like, "What a sad day for you!" <laughs> wow. In, in other Edison news, uh, he l- was laying in Chloe's uh, pen, uh-huh. uh, sobbing for like thirty to forty-five minutes today. What happened? And I said, "Edison, what's wrong?" He goes, "I don't want to grow up." Oh. And I'm like, what? Why? And he's like, I, I, I'm, I'm worried I won't have enough money to eat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, what do I do if I don't have enough money to eat when I grow up? <laughs> and I'm like, you're not going to have that problem, buddy. Everything's fine. You should have told him. Then I you had to need... like hug him for a while. Um, you need like, to then do well in school, I go said, get I'm, a degree, y- yes, and I get said, a good job. I'm like, you're smart. You're going to have to go to school, and you'll learn, and you'll have a good job, and then you won't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Mm, but he has to be like the best in this class. Oh, that's... my God. Yeah, Leia. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're coming a little hard <laughs> at the boy recently. <laughs> I don't even know where that comes from. I don't even know where he got that. That's so strange. Was that while I was on the phone? No, it was after you left. Was he hungry? Did you not feed him? No. He, he just, he was, he was like, he was so hungry and he realized he had no way. Chatty works all day and I, we don't have any food <laughs> to eat. And look how hard he works. Uh, no, he's got plenty of snacks. Anyway, that's not the point. It's just a humorous thing to kick things off, I guess. Hello, dear podcast listeners. I'm back from Huntsville Ham Fest, and I had a really great time. Bama. But we like to kick off. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. You went to Huntsville, and you didn't even go anywhere near Bama Rush Talk. I did not okay. go anywhere near Bama Rush Talk. That Leah said that was a big mistake. Big we mistake. We did a, a comedic video that we'll be releasing like this week or next week. Um, but no, did not do... Uh, Bama Rush Talk was not included. So. We like to kick off the podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today I'm going to say embrace the hard. Mm. 
there's been a we we had a we had a post on Facebook that kind of went awry with with one individual, um, and then just some comments that I got at Huntsville. Uh, it was all mostly great, but there was a couple of moments where I was like, "What is even going on?" Weird weird stuff. Some weird stuff that happened at the, the Ham Fest, but I realized like. You know, my, my channel's obviously aimed towards getting people started in ham radio, but mm -hmm. even people starting in ham radio, it's complicated. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And part of the reason for that is amateur radio is a service, and what it is is to further the, continue and further the knowledge of wireless technologies. Mm. That's not a service in which you go to Best Buy and buy an iPad and further the use of iPads. Mm. We're not buying consumer goods. Mm. Even the companies, like the major companies, try and produce products that are easy to use. Right. They're still based on the concept that you must understand how radios work. Mm -hmm. You must understand how they function, what their purpose is. Sure. What your goals are. And they're not like, I just want to send a, a, a tweeter out, right? Like, there's there's... <laughs> Com there's complexities behind all of this, and that's good. It's there for a reason. Did, did you know that, like, everything related to freedom is hard? Sure. <laughs> sure. So the fact that the fact that we have the privileges we have means that we can take ownership and control of the radios that are put in that we that we own right mm -hmm. but in the same time if you have that level of privilege to control a device it's going to be hard right, right? become an engineer do anything along that path be be a very skilled woodworker be a be a mechanic that can build a car from parts that kind of thing that's all hard mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be hard right. because if it wasn't hard you'd just be paying 499.99 from a major electronics manufacturer to drop something at your door that you push a couple buttons and it does the thing you want it to do, right? Mm. That's not what amateur radio is most of the time about. It's about complex things. And that's good. Complex things and hard things are good. So please enjoy when it gets difficult. Right. Turn that into something that should be fun mm -hmm. if, you, if you are so capable of doing so. That's what I would say about that. All right. I'll bring the beer. Well, uh, Leia is back to Smithix. Smithix. And I have a Victory at Sea by Ballast Point. This is an Imperial Porter with coffee and vanilla. Ballast Point does a pirate fest every year. They they do, and it's all variations of Victory at Sea. Yes. Which I think is amazing because Victory at Sea is a is a proper porter. It's mm -hmm. a dark beer, and they have all kinds of really cool variations of it. And it's a very popular event. Along with your tasting card, you get a pirate patch. Well, when we went the last time. I don't know that they do that all the time. Yes. It's probably you must put on your pirate patch. It's probably um, safe to assume that there is a pirate patch. Right. Every year. Mm-hmm. But. Um, I think there is a coin of some sort. A, a one booty, if you will. Yes. <laughs> one piece of booty. Yes. <laughs> so indeed. And they have stuff for the kids. They have like a face painter. And, mm -hmm. uh, no, that's about it. And and it's a pirate's booty, but it's a popcorn. 
for the kids. <laughs> so join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. And we really appreciate that. And or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. I love reviews. Leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts with our podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious. And we appreciate it. Speaking of the ham curious, we have a couple of new ham radio operators here. Huge success. Yeah. So this is from KB8M. <laughs> this was a, a triumph. triumph. As enjoyable as coming home from a long day at work. Oh. Definitely one of my favorite podcasts. I love the banter between Josh and Leia, mostly on topic, but not so much as to bore the daylights out of a non-ham. Well, thank you. It's so much fun to see where the conversation will stray and the laughter is contagious. Highly recommended. Oh, that's so nice. This is from Etienne Jude. Sure, yeah. I, I sure mm -hmm. I nailed it. I love listening in. Hi, I'm K9ZN. I'm 14 years old in Wisconsin. Wow. I frequently grow on road trips with my dad and love listening into the podcast. Well, I got to admit that buzz balls has nothing to do with amateur radio. <laughs> it was an interesting conversation and a humorous one to listen to. Oh, no. I learn ra random trivia facts every time I listen in. <laughs> I love your podcast so much. Are we bad robots? We might, we might, we might be sometimes. Oh no! And this is from. Okay, Andre. I apologize, Andre, uh, Andre Robitaille. I think it might be Robitaille, Robital, Robitaille, Robitaille. Don't know. Apologize completely. <laughs> you'll get. Just keep try just, different variations. You're just add, gonna, add you, a horrible accent. You don't even know where it's from. It could be French Canadian. I don't. <laughs> A community of cult, community and culture of ham radio. Wow. I've recommended the Ham Radio Crash Course YouTube videos and Discord for years, but only started listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Welcome to the podcast. There are amateur radio resources all over the place and certainly shorter ham radio podcasts. <laughs> and while Josh's knowledge and advice is pretty impeccable, what he and Leah really do best is show ham radio culture. They talk about everything that goes in in a very large hobby, so you get a feel for things beyond just technical info or the latest equipment. The amateur radio hobby is very much about community and interacting with others, and no other podcast makes you feel that you're part of that community like this one does. That was a oh very gosh. nice review. That was a very nice review. I, I thank you so much. I feel so much success right now. Thank you, guys. That was very nice. So thank you. So thank you, everybody, that sends the reviews, gives us a thumbs up, or I guess five stars. They don't have thumbs up on um, Apple Podcasts. But yeah, you can search for us, Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast, and, and we appreciate it. So thanks for taking the time. So triumphant. Indeed. I, thank you, guys. Whoa. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into Are the you unknown ready? I will go. Okay. For I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. You know, I was thinking as I was listening to that, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure how I would react if somebody just kept screaming at me, let's go, <laughs> let's go. When you put it into like, any kind of context, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure that like some people would respond by immediately going. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm 
not sure I would. And now I understand my children. <laughs> yes. Let's let's go. What? <laughs> we got to go. Okay. Your shoes aren't even on. <laughs> All right. Why is your shirt off? <laughs> you had it on. Now it's off. Why? All right, let's head over to the voicemail annex. Unless you have something to share. Or the preparedness corner? Oh, sorry. (laughs) You literally just made a note on. Wow, my brain is super fried. (laughs) We're going to go over to uh, the voicemail annex where they're going to tell us something about being prepared. (laughs) Are they really? No. Okay. I'm like, I thought this was just a wonderfully played joke that you, you yeah. <laughs> Uh Actually, this week, I'm going to be taking you into history. Okay. Okay. There are mm-hmm. a plethora of channels, it turns out, on YouTube <laughs> that teach you how things were done historically, mm-hmm. which in reality... Mm-hmm. Is the best way you can learn prepper skills. Is this going to be about Jay Townsend and Son? No, I was. That is a good channel, though. Okay. Except for Jay Townsend and Son, I feel like they use too many tools because their whole channel is based off of their store. Yeah, <laughs> literally <laughs> like, their store. Look at this device that has no electricity but allows me to do things just like the early period of time in the United States. Don't you also want a salamander? <laughs> I do actually. For making I do creme brulee without a torch. I actually do want a salamander. <laughs> do you really? I do. <laughs> I had a feeling that was like an esoteric kitchen tool that you're like, I actually, Leia would actually want this. It, well, mainly because I want to melt raclette. Rel- melt raclette? Oh, yeah. the cheese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't you, like, wouldn't a torch be better? Enough, just enough. For it to drop on my bread. <laughs> Wouldn't a, like a, a, a torch be better for that than a salamander? Well, you don't want the reclate to burn. Right. So it, it, you, you're talking like an electric salamander. Or are you talking like an old school just a hunk of metal you heat it up? Well, I mean, it'd be more eco-friendly to... Mm-hmm. For it to be a hunk okay. of metal, I guess. For those of the, that that don't know what we're talking about, it's literally just like a big flat disc on a on a metal stick. Yeah. And you get it just really hot, mm-hmm. and you hold it above like a creme brulee, the sugar, and mm-hmm. it will. It emancipates it, heat. Yeah. It Ema- emancipates. <laughs> emancipates heat. It just radiates. It. it just freezes. Radiates heat. <laughs> Could we could we use possibly a radio adjacent term? It just it frees the heat from its confines. Frees the heat from its financial duties. Pretty complicated process yeah. though. You gotta get a judge. Back then though, it was a barrister. Yes. Jeez. You are on one today. Were you drinking at the board meeting that no. you were at today earlier? No. What is it? I, I didn't mean. Um, em, not emanates. Radiates, Leia. No, it's no. radiating no, heat. No, no. 
No. You never heard of radiant heat? <laughs> I, that's not what I was trying to say, though. Emanating heat. There we go. Is, mm, I don't <laughs> like it. Radiate is still the better word. Okay. Like if you had a rock sitting on the sitting outside in the sun all day and you brought it inside after it got dark, it mm -hmm. is radiating the heat that it or emanating the heat. It's not emanating. That makes you that makes it sound like it came from the rock. Spreading. Spreading the heat. <laughs> Why not immigrate? <laughs> Immigrating the heat. All right. Good lord. So to bring it back, mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend that anybody who's interested in preparedness go watch Victorian Farm by Absolute History. Mm -hmm. There's a playlist. Okay. It starts with the challenges of living in the Victorian era. Okay. Probably good to set that benchmark right up front. Yeah. Very challenging. Then it moves on to uh, nobody cares about washing garments, but why Victorian cravings changed how they hunted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Why farm animals were so important to the Victorians. Well, what, what changed in their I'm going to go cravings? out on a limb mm -hmm. and say that farming is easier than hunting. <laughs> going to probably have to agree with you on that one. What, what changed in their tastes? What? You're just going to have to... Oh, this is just a straight recommendation. Yes. Okay, you're going to link it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I Go ahead, and then I'll wait to say my piece. And then um, a hard working day... Of a Victorian farmer. So mm -hmm. you can really know what it's like to live in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> so that was the... That was pre-apocalyptic, right. obviously. Yeah. There, there are so many advancements in agriculture that have mm -hmm. changed, you know, the way mm -hmm. we live. Um, that to a Victorian, they'd be like, I spent my whole day doing that. You know what I mean? If they saw, like what we have access to now so there are so many tools you can buy that you may that you may not think they're important now mm -hmm. but if you're preparing for something potentially tools that go well beyond like hand tools simple yeah. mechanical tools that don't really have a function these days but you know back in the day or even just 100 years ago were were way more um modern than what the victorian era folks had right and sped up the process time on many of the of the jobs they did and didn't require power for instance right which could be handy depending on exactly how bad things might get yes so interesting okay there you so go. it's That's a couple it's a recommendation corner. to go check out uh a somebody YouTube else's video. youtube channel preparedness corner today is to recommend you go check out something else good yeah <laughs> when you're done listening to the podcast uh, yes. after however many hours this is. Go check that out. <laughs> All right? Very good. What's happening? The staircases change, remember? She's really so snotty when she says that. Remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Oh, Hermione. Hermione. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the, now it's more than just the email correspondence tower. We also like to have the little voicemail annex to kick things off. Yes, the voicemail annex. And so if you'd like to read your email to us live on the podcast, what is the number, Leah? That's 562-334-2389. Okay, very good. And, you know, the voicemail is there for a couple of reasons. We get a lot of good ones, but... 
while you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate it. It takes a while. Mm-hmm. To, to, you got you know. some things to say. Yeah. So what I recommend you do is program the number in your phone, mm-hmm. right? And then when you're at a point in the podcast where you're like, what, is, what, what has what? been said here pull must over, be addressed. Pull over and, and call us up and leave a voicemail and just, you know, say, hey, I'm at this part of the podcast and, you know, dot, 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 you, you enter your thoughts. So mm-hmm. give the number one more time, Leah. 562-334-2389. There you go. Okay. With that said, let's kick them off. Let's do this. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you said, we didn't get any. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, Leah and Josh. It's Sam Solo here. I uh, just wanted to give you an update on my uh, doublet antenna. All right. So I uh, drove to South Dakota yesterday and went to a 10-point summit. 10 points? And within the first, I'd say, 15 minutes, I'd already activated at 5 watts uh, going from California all the way to Pennsylvania with uh, contacts. And so, you know, probably 10 to 11 contacts in the first uh the first 20 minutes or so. Activated. Uh, after that, I switched over to a QRP loop antenna that I had just made the night before in my garage and uh, got another four contacts, again, from Atlanta to Arizona on uh, five watts of the loop. So just thought I'd give you a heads up. This is Ham Solo, K0FYR, K-Fire, 73. I, Ham Very Solo, if, cool. you're, if you're in the Discord, could you drop pictures of all your your antenna gear and maybe even a, a picture if you took it with it set up in the discord podcast chat yeah i think everybody would really like to see it i know he hasn't sent us it right the, the pictures of it this is a voicemail no i know but in the past <laughs> or any other time so I, I think people would really like to see that i really uh, there's not a lot of folks who are running a proper doublet like portable and particularly uh for doing a soda activation i think that's great so i would um I would encourage you to share that with us. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ham Solo. And on to the next voicemail. So I said, look at the calendar. You'll know what day it is. Oh, yeah, I'm calling the voicemail. Hi, this is Kilo One, Mike, Alpha Zulu, Nathan in Southern Vermont. And I just wanted to let you guys know, um, last week, I believe it was the day of... uh, Ham Nation on Wednesday, last week. I was doing a little bit of FT8, as I keep saying I'm doing. And I noticed uh, a call sign that that I confirmed uh, and did the exchange uh, on FT8. And uh, and I said, oh, that looks kind of familiar. So I decided I was going to look it up. Mm-hmm. And it, it looked like uh, one that I looked up before. So the call sign was November Alpha 2 Alpha Alpha. And that just happens to be David Minster's call sign. So last Wednesday, I got David Minster through FTA on 40 meters. Um, I typed that into the chat on Him Nation, and uh, one of I think it was uh, the one of the organizers for. Huntsville uh, saw that in the chat and actually mentioned it. That, so if you remember um, him saying that, that was me. So thank you very much. This is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu saying 73. Well, that's wonderful. 
Look David Minster. David Minster. I don't know what I just said, but David Minster. David Mustard. David Mustard. Uh, <laughs> David Musters. David Musters. David Musters. <laughs> David Minster, uh, CEO of AWRL, is actually a, a, a prolific uh, amateur radio operator. He does operate. He does go to contest stations. Does the whole thing. So no surprise he was on FT8. Well, excellent. No surprises at all. Okay. That's it. That was oh, that the last was it. Voice. All right, very good. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, who decided to read your email to us. We really do appreciate it. And now we begin the ascent of the email correspondence to our reminder. You can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Send us your comments on your journey through ham radio, what's uh, tripping you up, or just what you're having a blast at doing new radios you're enjoying, or just any old thing you want to talk about about ham radio. We always enjoy a, a fun little side topic now and then. Uh, but, you know, make sure you have that little ham radio nugget in there. And if you send us a merch idea for ham the nug. ham nug, and if you send us <laughs> a merch idea for our website, hamtactical.com, which helps support this podcast and the YouTube channel, if we end up liking your idea and we make one, we'll send you one for free. So thanks again. All right, Leo, take it away. All right. Let's start the climb. Well, the first email is titled Prepper Mindset. Prepper Mindset. And this is from Ned. Mm-hmm. Hey, Josh and Leah. Sorry, this email is kind of everywhere. In my last email, I wrote my wife and I's ranch. Between the February freeze and the horrible drought we're in, we got a dual fuel generator and are getting a 5,000 gallon tank for rainwater. Hmm. Wow. To further my prepper mindset, I decided I'm going to learn Morse code. Nice. I went into the rabbit hole learning about the history of Morse and telegraph. There are interesting parallels to telegraph and modern computing. Mm -hmm. The DAWs and DITs are literally on and off. A string of eight of on and offs are a byte. The Badeau code, Baudot code... (laughs) Badeau. <laughs> it is named after a person, so I, I believe it's pronounced Baudot, but um, the person's name might have been Badeau or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly, but I have been corrected many times on the live stream. Used in RIDI is the predecessor to the ASCII, A-S-C-I, mm-hmm. that computers use to code letters. Josh, uh, what is a good way to learn to solder without destroying stuff? I want to do radio kits, but I need to learn to solder. I work in construction and did welding and sweated refrigerator lines. I was an HVAC tech before. Mm-hmm. Any tips on starting out and a good soldering gun? Are Weller good? Yeah. So gun, definitely don't go buy what looks like a gun. Those are like very powerful soldering irons that provide more heat than you need. We use those for like soldering coax connectors. Mm. You want like a pen. It's going to look like a soldering. We call it a soldering iron, but it's a pen. It looks like a pencil, mm-hmm. right? Weller makes great stuff. You can find used ones readily available on the market on eBay. You could probably just search your local Facebook group and find them, you know, whatever's for sale in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Generally, you want one that is temperature controlled. A temperature controlled iron is very, very valuable. Extronic makes. Wait a minute. Are you telling me they make soldering irons that are not temperature controlled? Yeah, there's ones you just plug in the wall and you go YOLO with a thing. Like a glue gun? 
Yeah, yeah, basically. It just goes like I'm gonna go as hot as I can go and that's I've got gonna, one setting. Hot. I'm gonna go as hot as I can go until I melt myself. <laughs> yeah, and it they're um so that's honestly where you get yourself in more trouble than anything is having poor temperature control. If you're too hot in certain situations, you'll actually damage the board, particularly if you have very fine traces or the pads, which is the metallic part that the solder connects to the component you're soldering. Those are parts of the PCB, and the pads will actually lift off of the board. And when that happens, the board's damaged. You have to go through a process to repair it or jump the connection onto other things. So Xtronic. Is a company that makes some fantastic, very inexpensively priced irons. I happen to like the uh, Play School purple and gold colored uh, Hako irons. They're about a hundred dollars, but you buy that once and you won't need a replacement. Mm -hmm. You'll just only need to really replace the tips. They do eventually go bad, but it is an incredibly long-lasting iron. It is a very, very good iron. I've heard nothing but good results from probably the hundreds of people that have bought them um, mm -hmm. through my recommendations and recommendations of other hams. As far as what to solder, that's a really good question. If you want, if you're hell bent on doing things that are radio related, I would check out qrpguys.com and start out with some of their antenna builds. If you want something that's a bit more challenging, but you get an actual radio out of it, I would check out the Four States QRP Cricket. Pick any band you want, but generally I would say 20 meters is probably the one to build. And you actually get a fully functioning radio out of it that works surprisingly well. And since you said you're interested in starting out Morse code, well, shoot, get a Cricket. They're CW only. It has the uh, Morse code key attached to the radio, and it runs mm -hmm. off a 9-volt battery. And they're very inexpensive. What a kit. Yeah. If you want something that's like truly, truly hyper en uh, entry level, Amazon sells just a massive amounts of um, soldering kits. So, you know, buy a couple of light up LED Christmas trees or menorahs or whatever for the upcoming holiday season. There's a ton of them. Also, they make really good um, stocking stuffers for young people as well. Oh. Get them started on soldering. It's a, it's a fun aspect uh, of what age do you think is appropriate to give a child a soldering iron so i grew up oddly enough i grew up with just one of those plug-in irons that just got rocket hot and mm -hmm. you just the safest of oh yeah irons. for sure yeah and it didn't even have like a, a pointed tip it had like a flat blunted chisel safer tip. and it was just it was a nightmare to use but that's what i grew up on using and i probably started soldering stuff god when i was like maybe in Maybe Ben's age, maybe a bit older. Oh yeah, you should definitely start him soldering things. I, I don't know. I think it was because my dad was always working nights, mm -hmm. and I would just. And you'd be like, you know what? I need something hot that can burn me. I'm gonna go in the garage <laughs> and just start monkeying with stuff. Th that's a problem because your studio is in the garage, which means the kids can never just go monkey in there. Would be well. I'm also home most of the time. Yes. So I don't know that they're just going to go off and like so you just, go in the garage. So you just need to leave him in the garage, lock him in there, turn on a smoking hot I'm not trying iron. to replicate how I grew up, <laughs> by the way. Really? I don't think that's necessarily the best way. Oh, that, I was but a pretty conscientious I made, kid. I know Ben's I made, conscientious, but Edison. Mm, sure. Yeah. That's why I made Hamburger Helper. I was trying to 
recreate some things for you. Really reignite the past. Yeah. <laughs> Not to take a tangent, but but how was your uh, experience with Hamburger Helper, uh, Leah? I think I'm doing it wrong. I think I'm cooking the Hamburger Helper wrong. Why, Leah? Well, one, you added a bunch of extra stuff to it. First of all, that's just crazy. Uh, okay. That aside, the noodles were gummy. They, like they legitimately did... chewy. Yeah. like Not like al dente. Like they were gummy. Yeah. It was weird. Why do they get that way? You added a lot of truffle cheese. I, okay. Which well, I think was a bit overboard, to be honest. Uh, okay. Well, agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> the, veg the vegetables, what did you add? Like spinach or something? Or... Yeah, I added some spinach. That was, that was great. Um, but I don't know about that. That truffle cheese, I think, did it. I don't think that's what made the it noodles it. gummy. It did it, yeah. <laughs> that's what did it. All right. Well, Ned, I hope Well, now that... because of that, though, you won't make the other one because you're worried it's going to come out the same. And the other one is effectively the best I will, helper, I'll make which it. I'll make it tomorrow. It'll stroganoff is the best. You can have it. You, you got you like can, a pot roast you made, though. You can have whatever you like. <laughs> I want to eat the pot roast. You should eat the pot roast. There's not much of it left, actually. Oh, okay. Never mind. Because uh, the kids have, they've taken it for two, school for lunch. Mm -hmm. And then I have also eaten it for mm -hmm. multiple meals. I see. So, uh, so Ed signs off, Ned signs off, 73 Ned, KI5WCO, which I can only see as KiwiCo now. <laughs> KiwiCo. And Ned says, P.S. Leia, one of our pig's name is Eleanor Pigsby which is amazing and owed to the Beatles. But everybody needs to, if you don't know Maxwell Silverhammer. Oh, geez. You should definitely go take a look. That always cracks me up that that's your favorite. Bang, bang, Maxwell Silverhammer. It's such an upbeat. sure that she was. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> such an upbeat, peppy song. And it's just about murder. Like lots of murder. Mm. Yeah. That's what, that's what I like. Not the murder. I like the upbeat song with that's it. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. The, the next email is titled June 29th, Wires X. And this is from Douglas. While listening to the June 28th emails, one mm -hmm. person mentioned Wires X. Mm. This got me thinking of connecting a two meter 440 to my HF radio to access HF from an HT. Would that work? What? Say that again. Uh, he, Douglas wants to connect a two meter 440 to his HF radio to access HF from an HT. No. What a fascinating answer. No, I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's going to take me a second to wrap my head fully around this one because there's a lot of assumptions that have into play. And just like your first instinct was no. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no. That's a, that's a California no. Yeah, that's a California no. No, yeah, would be a California yeah. No, yeah, is a is yeah. a California yes. Yes, yes. But yeah, no is is a California no. Yeah, no, yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Is is a, is a, an emphatic a yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, if you hook a radio into a radio, right? And I I don't know 
how about you'd go about hooking it into the other thing. But if you hook them to each other via the feed line, one of the radio going to die <laughs> when you transmit, right? So I don't think you mean that. I think you mean via like USB or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of HF radios that have built-in digital voice modes. Right. Okay? The Yaesu 991 Alpha is a Wires X radio. Mm -hmm. It's not a Wires X radio because it has HF. It's a Wires X radio because it does 2 meter and 70 centimeter. Mm -hmm. The ICOM 705 does D-Star. It does D-Star because it is also, in addition to HF, a 2 meter and 70 centimeter radio. Mm -hmm. Generally, the manufacturers that have a digital voice mode, they can connect to computers, but they want you to connect via the radio that does the thing, the specific digital mode. Okay. And they don't have just a box, right? A box that you can connect to your computer that can turn any computer into a digital uh for that particular digital modes format device right because it's it's not the same modulation mode in terms of capability mm. at least that's my understanding i think that's pretty close to true there's probably some kind of m17 box that exists out there now or some kind of DMR box out there, but specifically for Wires X or Yesu System Fusion, I don't know of a device that does that, that you could just plug it into any random HF radio. All right, Douglas. Wish Josh could have been more helpful with that one. <laughs> well, I, I think I was, that he's just going to cram in his radio into other radios and blowing them up. Uh, okay, well... That's kind of helpful, I guess. It sounds like Josh just saved one of your radios. <laughs> Maybe. So, not sure which one. You the let me know. <laughs> the next email is titled All in the Family Logging. And this is from... All in the Family Logging? All in the Family Logging. Comma Logging? Dash Logging. Okay. <laughs> Punctuation is important. <laughs> All right. Hey, kids. Or, uh, let's eat, Grandma. Versus, let's see, Grandma. <laughs> this comes from Charlie, Chrissy, Cal, and Cooper. Ah. The uh, the new addition family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good evening to the ham fam. Thank you both for the wishes with the new baby. Chrissy got a kick out of Josh's recommendation to just go ahead and break all the breakables before the boys get the chance. <laughs> just go ahead. Get it out of your system. <laughs> I'm getting a few minutes of radio time when we can get both boys to bed at night. That's a, I wasn't aware this was something a person could do. Yeah, that's a, I, I guess it, it also that's depends on, you know, formula fed versus breastfed that sometimes changes things. Also, it matters very much the size of breast for breastfeeding. Did you know that? Uh, uh, sure. It's like cups. If you got a super big gulp under there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it makes sense. <laughs> that was a slow burn. <laughs> I mean, what, why, why would it not make sense? Did I know that? I guess I didn't know it explicitly, but it's like, 
okay. Yeah. It was just a lot of work for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leia, share these numbers with Josh so he can appreciate the deal we got on the FT uh, DX10. FT DX10. Total okay. price I paid with shipping was sixteen fifty. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know. The retail for the radio alone is around fourteen hundred, and the mic goes for four hundred. That that is like me Wait, buying. He a, didn't. Did did he mention he bought the mic? I think it was from a past email. Maybe okay. Yeah. Uh, that's like buying a G ninety. So this was a this was way too good of a deal to pass up. Yeah, that that is okay. So if it's the mic I'm thinking of, that is a that is a superstar microphone. Um, by the way. I apologize for not remembering everybody's radios that they own. Yes. That emails us. So <laughs> Josh, why do you anytime not? you want to throw some throw me a bone <laughs> and give me the full invoice. Why did Because I'm sitting there going like, oh, sixteen hundred bucks? He got kind of ripped off <laughs> Your face was like, I don't know how to respond. Uh, are you, Josh, are, do you like the radio? Josh, you were supposed to come in like and do a real solid for I know, for, I feel so for Charlie bad. and been like, so yes, Chrissy, that's like a, the what a, a great deal. deal. That is the best deal one could do. <laughs> I feel so bad right now. I didn't know about the mic. I forgot. Jeez. You know how many solids people have tried to do for you when I ask <laughs> about radio prices and they're like no he got like an amazing deal he would it would have been like him getting ripped off if he didn't buy it (laughs) (laughs) it would be like if he got mugged in the parking lot and like cracked a rib while taking some stuff it's like that but uh it was like it was a a radio guy (laughs) selling a radio that he didn't need but it was really weird. It's, like, it's an amazing deal. <laughs> he said uh, he had to buy this or he was just going to like legitimately shoot him in the face. <laughs> like that was the deal. It's really weird. But then he, but he made it really cheap. <laughs> like, so arguably, like, even if he wasn't going to shoot him in the face, that was still like, a pretty good deal. <laughs> So definitely a solid. Uh, so if okay, now I feel really bad because I don't remember exactly which mic. And Yesu makes a couple of different mics, but they don't have like a four hundred dollar mic. They have a like seven hundred dollar mic, which is the M one, which is just really nuts. That mic has a whole lot going on. Um, so I and then they have like a three hundred dollar, three hundred fifty dollar one, the M ninety. Anyway, uh, if you bought a four hundred dollar mic. With your $1,400 radio, uh-huh. and you got it for $1,600. $1,650. The math is on your side. <laughs> so I... Okay. So if, Charlie, you were looking... Oh, it's for, the M100. It's the M100. Josh to sell what a great deal you got on this radio to Chrissy, I want you to remember this moment. And the next time I ask about how much a radio costs... <laughs> I expect you to do him the favor that he so has done if for it, you. If it's the Yesu M100 microphone, it is actually a $450 microphone. Wow. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow. 
So Charlie continues, of course, I have a high noise floor, and I don't think that the attic antenna I have helps. So I put a toroid on the power cable and antenna feed line and noticed a pretty big change on the noise level. Fantastic. Two exciting contacts I got this week was Trinidad, roughly 2,400 miles from my QTH, and the special event station N7C for the Navajo Code Talkers. Yeah, that's a cool <gasps> event. The, the Code Talkers on the air are like, that's a that's a really cool radio event. Right. Why? <laughs> it's to commemorate the, uh, the Navajo Code Talkers from World War II. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. And how do they commemorate it? By making ham radio contacts. And then do you get like a kid They talk card? in Navajo to you. <gasps> do they really? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you ask them, you could. Maybe to do a couple of salutations at the end. I don't know. You got to re- really support things like that. Diversity in the hobby, you know? So important, Kyle. <laughs> the next. <laughs> the next thing Charlie <laughs> brings up. Mm-hmm is a question about what your recommendation is on logging. I'm currently using ham on my iPad, but as I play radio, but don't know if it's the best option for when I am working at the base station. I <laughs> I didn't know of an app just called ham. Is it is it hammers? I I I know of hammers. <laughs> it's just ham it's just yeah. it could be a slice of ham <laughs> he's just he uses <laughs> apple pencil and just writes on it this functions as both a record of our contact and my qsl card <laughs> i will eat it later <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much that's their monthly service yeah. you forward all the hams that you've made and then they for they they physically mail you uh, a, a pack sandwich? of luncheon meat with oh, it with it etched amazing. onto like you know burnt onto the onto the ham amazing. so you can enjoy you can enjoy your creations. Yes, uh, Hammers is great because Hammers has a couple of different options for logs. They have a just general log, which is what you would do if you were just making contacts in your ham shack. They have a poda log and a soda log for summits on the air and parks on the air, respectively. Those are what I use if I'm using my phone or iPad when I'm going portable. When I am home, I generally use a logger or, this is often on my laptops, called N3FJP. I've talked about this before on the podcast. It is a very no-frills log. It is, I would argue it is one of the lower or less attractive looking logs that you can use, but it is very easy to use. It is very straightforward and is very effective no matter what it is you're trying to do in ham radio. It is oftentimes popular to use N3FJP. If you are a novice contester or someone who is dabbling in contest, it is, I think, I don't know the price anymore because I bought the the full up license years and years ago. But I think I paid any I think I paid fifty dollars and it may be more than that now. But when you pay once, right? You pay once and you get all the logs they make. So anytime there's a contest weekend, you just download the log for that contest, mm-hmm. insert your product key, and you got it. 
and you get that full capability to assist you in the contest exchange mm -hmm. and the handshake that you have to do. And it's, uh, it, it, they work really well. It works really, really well. Those are my choices personally. If you want a completely full-featured log that will control your radio and do a bunch of other stuff, you always have Ham Radio Deluxe. And there's a ton of people who love N1MM. Um, so those are a couple ones to um, take a look at. As far as Linux, the only ones I use on Linux are the ones that are preloaded on the build a pie script that Jason KM4ACK makes. And I can't remember what the name is of that. KMAC. KMAC. Good seeing you again, buddy. We had a really good... Jason and I, I think, had a really good time this weekend. I, have I hope to say. so. Did he show a raspberry pie in your face? No, nope. no. Nope. <laughs> we had just a lot of fun talking. Um, had a couple of deep conversations. Cannot say how much I enjoy that person's company. About Great raspberry guy. pie? No, way oh. outside of raspberry pie. Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy. But yeah, if you're listening to this, man, so. I had a great time with you this weekend. So thanks again. Like chocolate Satan then? Chocolates. <laughs> I think Satan was involved in our conversation. Um, that, that was always my favorite Marie Callender's trope. Because I did work at Marie Callender's for a, for a, a, a bit. And um, when somebody would come order a pie, I wasn't a server, right? Yeah. They'd order a pie and I'm like, and they'd say, yeah, I'll take the, the uh, chocolate satin. You're like, one chocolate Satan coming up. <laughs> I'm like, no, satin. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, got it. <laughs> Here's your chocolate satin. Thank you so much. I want you to take this back <laughs> and make sure you give me something that is not touched by the dark lore. <laughs> okay. Here is your little offering to Baal. <laughs> All right, well, Charlie signs off. Best wishes, especially for the boys as school starts back up. We have started meetings here, but we won't have students until August 29th. Wow, you have close to a real summer. Still starting in August, though. That's just... nuts. <laughs> it used to be you didn't even have to start thinking about school until it was September. <laughs> I'm offended. And that's... Show me where the school calendar hurt you. Right in the August. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt me right in the August. It's like the last couple of good weekends to do like a pool party, something like that. Just done. It used to be after. I feel like I was cut off. Like I was walking around today going like, we should do like a movie night or something with the kids. I'm like, oh no, they got to go to bed. Yes. I'm like, oh, it's done. This is it. Like, you used oh, to have man. to wait till after Labor Day to start school. And now you just have to, you get a holiday right off the bat is what's happening <laughs> I, and, and i was already joking like with leah earlier and the way they do the schools like so uh, growing up mm -hmm. you went to school and it was the full hours the first day <laughs> like the schools have turned into like little boutique restaurants and they're doing soft <laughs> launches they're doing a soft opening for the first week where the kids are there for two and a half hours and then you got to come pick them up it's like dog i gotta work so what do you what do you think kindergarten I'm doing? is actually um for the first month it's early pickups it's insane they do like half days but for the rest of the pick school the, pick the kindergarten kids up earlier than the regular kids but it doesn't yeah. need to be like a soft launch like what is the point of the soft launch what the, is the point? The rest of the kids from Monday to Wednesday have early release, which yeah, is like why? an hour earlier. But why? 
what is the point of this? Um, Just to frustrate I, parents? I think it's actually for teachers. For For what? For an extra planning hour so that they can get together at the end of like after two and then they can discuss how they're going to structure their grades. Like over happy hour or something? No, I think it's because to deal with like a wide disparity in um, competency levels for a single grade, Mm -hmm. the teachers get together and they kind of determine, I believe it's how they're going to collaborate on certain things. So like if there is kind of a wide range of uh, in math, Mm -hmm. they might split off the classes like if there's three classes they might take the lowest performing kids in math and put them in one class for a math period Mm -hmm. that requires one teacher to take kids from multiple classrooms and why do you need uh... for planning because teachers don't want to be working when they're not being paid you follow (laughs) if they wait till after three (coughs) That is unpaid time. So union negotiations were like, oh, well, you want some extra planning time? Let the kids out <laughs> early. Okay. Right? Hey, they got a, they got an argument at least. Yeah. I'm glad you know it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not just sitting over here like frustrated. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, we have our, uh, we print our menus daily. It's on uh, letterhead, just on Xerox paper. We don't have actually printed menus. I apologize. Oh, the schools this now the do. Syllabus. This is the syllabus. Free breakfast and lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And so I normally make the kids breakfast, mm-hmm. hot breakfast, right? Uh, a protein, a carb, the whole a veggie, the whole thing, uh, a fruit, right? Okay, that's. Mm-hmm. And today I was like, well, do you guys want to see what they have for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Because they're supposed to be giving out like milk and fruit, and then like a breakfast item. And, oh, they got the full continental spread. Right. Yeah. And so we we get there mm-hmm. and Edison's fine with it, right? Because right. Edison's a sugar monster. Right, 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 right. He's like, I'll have this apple juice and I will have this, uh, what appears to be a banana chocolate breakfast bar. <laughs> right. Okay. Doesn't even pick up milk. I just... <laughs> I can't be bothered with this. Ben goes and he's like, I'm not... I'm not taking any. First of all, they don't have fruit. First but, of all. But all of this is too sweet. I don't want any of this. That's nuts. <laughs> I was like, okay, then we need to go home. Right meow. Did you really? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you need to like eat breakfast at home. Did you really do that? No. Okay. He then took a thing of milk. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> also... So never again are they getting school records. Consider that like the the all stars of boardroom discussions. What do you? The mean? guy who came up with the continental breakfast. <laughs> right, like the the the, hear the, me super, out. the croissants. Hear me out. All carbs, <laughs> no meat. You got to do nothing. You just lay this stuff out there. Yeah. Cereals, sure. Milk, yes. Juices. Okay, good. <laughs> Just tons of carbs. And you're like, and we we call it a perk. And we pass the savings on to the customer. It, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had somebody, literally, when I was in Jackson, mm-hmm. Ohio, yeah. for their 
quote unquote continental breakfast. Mm. She told me, oh, it comes with breakfast. I'm like, oh, that's great. What is it? I'm like, oh, it changes day to day. I'm like, oh, I'm in for a, a rodeo. <laughs> Show up and it's uh they have coffee, which I'm like solid. No problem. I guess we can we can make uh <gasps> we can make hay. It's literally a, a waffle iron. Hmm? And waffle batter. And nothing else? They had butter and syrup. That they didn't it. have like toast? No. They didn't have like eggs? No. Yogurt? I mean a hard boiled egg would have been like okay. Yogurt? Yo, wow, this is no, nothing. It juice? Was, uh they had milk and cereal. They had an orange juice machine. What about milk and cereal? No. I have never seen this in my life. <laughs> it was a it was a damn good waffle machine though. You know, like one of those ones that you flip it and stuff yeah. like that. And we've all seen them, right? But the waffles that came out of this were very good. Like they were very good waffles that you make yourself. Okay. But I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> this, this, this is, is wild. And then, um, so when they said it it changes day by day, did they mean the batter? Yes. So one day you had a blueberry flax? No, no. It just was new batter the next day. <laughs> that was the change. When we stayed at the the Best Western Plus, mm-hmm. the... The waffle batter changed every day. That's like, crazy. It was like a blueberry flax one day. There was strawberry the next day. I think there was like a chocolate chip batter. That's so. What you're saying is, I would have been so angry. Flavor. I would have been so angry if, as a as a grown up, I went to go get my waffle batter <laughs> out of the dispenser and a bunch of chocolate chips started coming out of it. Like, what is this? This is my option for today. Tr- That's why you could get a bagel. They had like a full bar. No, of stuff. no. The best yeah. question was fine. Yeah, I'm not. When I'm holding the Jackson, Ohio, whatever it was, I stayed in. <laughs> and your only to this option. example is the best Western. It's like wow. <laughs> Needless to say, I went to the McDonald's across the street. Did they do? The did next they do an breakfast. evening happy hour though, like where they gave you like wine and appetizers? No. <laughs> You're no, they like, did not. Yes. And it was fermented syrup. <laughs> and waffles that were cut up in bite sizes. <laughs> they tried to call them what what's the what's the caviar thing? Blinis? <laughs> blinis. They tried to call them American blinis. Was there caviar? No. <laughs> no, no, no. No. Creme fresh? <laughs> it was, it was it a can of ready butter. whip. It was more butter. It was a can of ready whip. <laughs> Crip fresh. American Crip fresh. Was was there whipped cream for the waffles though? That was the. It was a twofer. Can of ready whip was. Oh no no there was no no. Was no there fruit? No, there was no fruit. <laughs> like not even an apple or a banana. No, there was nothing. <laughs> this is worse than school breakfast. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, I was fine the first day. I was like, I will, I will do this. <laughs> and then by the next day, you're like, I cannot do this. <laughs> then I went to McDonald's to get the yeah. the sausage gag McMuffin, which is the gag McMuffin. The gag, the gag McMuffin. Yeah, yeah, give me that gag McMuffin. <laughs> I was trying to get some water. Jesus. Um, 
was wild, man. (laughs) Well, Charlie signs off. Charlie, AG4CH, Chrissy, KO4NXB, Cal, Beepu, and Cooper. Call sign, not assigned. Fantastic deal! Never, never been done before. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. You gotta isn't that isn't that a great deal, Josh? You gotta, Crickets. You gotta, you gotta tell me. You gotta tell me what you buy. I can't remember. I do a lot. Help me help you. Screaming deal, Josh. Oh. I want to be happy for you so badly. Somebody bought more radios. Good. The message is getting out. I can't. I can't give you what you need if you can't help me. I want everybody to remember this. Josh will not have your back. You should not have his back. So bad. (laughs) All right. The next email is titled "Cryptography." Cryptography. (laughs) Cryptography. Cryptography. It's for cryptids. It's where you draw cryptids. Look at my Bigfoots. I have drawn them. (laughs) I purposely pronounced that wrong. It worked out wonderfully for you. Nerdy media dits and does. And... All right, this is this is from a cactus. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, well, good morning, my favorite ham radio power couple. Well, thank you. And congr- <laughs> and congrats on making the longest episode with a single week of emails. It it wasn't a single week. Yeah, no, it was it short a, a day. Week. It was short one day. Yeah. Hope you're not too tired by now, because this is not a short one. <laughs> first things first, I've had my first on-the-air CWQ show this past oh, Sunday. Oh, good for you. Congratulations. Spent the whole day running up to it, though, since I had set up a couple of skeds with fellow HRCC Discord members for this purpose. I spent most of Sunday just scanning around the bands while waiting for them to wake up and get to their rigs. That wait turned out to be favorable, since a couple of times my impatience overcame my key fright and I called CQ in an empty space. Made a lot of sending errors, which was to be expected given the last time I'd practiced sending was almost a year ago. A little warm up, good. No one answered my calls, but the act of actually sending code into the ether and nothing bad happening gave me some additional courage and some sending practice as well. So when I tried calling CQ for the third time, I was quite confidently sending my call sign into the black emptiness of the bands. By the end of the day, Rob, M0JEO, came by but was only able to listen to me calling as he'd left his key in his car. (laughs) So I went, I, I knew I was getting into the UK. However, 
the weekend had almost gone by and still no contact. I don't remember how I got there, but around midnight, I ended up browsing the Lids CW site where I found a link to the wonderful CW Club RBN Spotter, which is a site that lets you filter RBN spots by CW Club membership of call sign holder and by sending speed. So I set the filters to EU, the bands I was able to get on, and the speeds under 20 words per minute. Hmm. And I, and almost instantly, it showed me a spot of one M0WTA calling CQ on 7.033 at about 12 words per minute. Oh, that's a really... I really like what you've done here. Ooh. Okay. I, I'll talk about this if I remember to hit it, but nicely done. Immediately, I hopped onto the frequency, and sure, there he was. Cool. <clears throat> I waited for him to finish the CQ and called him. Made an error in my call sign when I repeated it, so I was very nervous. But then he replied with my correct call sign. Hmm. He thanked me for the call, gave me a 579 report, his name in QTH. QSB ate that last part, however, so I was only able to copy the report. Doesn't matter. That's all you needed. I decided not to ask for a repeat since I could always look up those bits on QRZ. It was my first QSO, and at that moment, I just wanted to complete it. So I thanked him for the reply and gave him my report name in QTH. <clears throat> then thought a bit, sending some BTs and told my correspondent that he was my first CW QSO. He came back congratulating me for my first QSO and telling me that I'm doing very well. Oh, that's so nice. After exchanging some more information about antennas and power, I decided to end the QSO as I was getting quite tired. In his parting transmission, David told me that my CW is good S will get better, sent me 373s and wished me good luck. I love it. And I love you doing it and sticking to it and working it out good for you and the fact that he was probably 12 words per minute probably allowed you to copy okay i love it that gets me really excited I'm, what a, I'm, what I'm a happy great uh, website huh so um reverse beacon network i normally use the reverse beacon network to show how i am getting out Mm. I use I, I will do CQ. Actually, we, we did a little bit of a, a fun thing on the first day at Huntsville. I was curious on testing some of the capabilities on reverse beacon. So I was with uh, N8YO on his Elecraft K2. A couple of us were. And I was curious if you could send like your call sign and test or test your call sign and mm -hmm. see if it would pick it up. We found that generally you have to send one to two CQs in your call sign and it will pick it up and show who the beacons that or the listening stations that heard you and how well they heard you. Mm -hmm. I have not I've not thought of doing it the way he did it, which was kind of focus it for where you're at, the band you're on, mm. and then using that to find somebody who is sending at the the speed that you can make a contact with. That is very smart. Very smart idea. <clears throat> Great use of tools. Yeah. Right there. The time was an hour past midnight, so soon after that, I closed my station and began packing it for the trip back to the city. While I was packing up, I experienced one of the highest highs of my whole life. So the moral of the story, don't do drugs, kids. Do CW. <laughs> Seriously, it's intense, the feelings you get from, from doing CW. 
Really? Yeah, it, it's kind of like... It's it's like performance second language. It's it's simultaneously like performing a musical instrument and like doing a song live mm-hmm. and also in a foreign language. Because mm. that's really what it is. Right. You're literally having to manipulate a physical thing like mm-hmm. you would a musical instrument. Right. And also transmit, send the right notes in this case the letters in the English alphabet um, for the contact you're making. But then you have a component of also listening to the other. It's like, it's like jazz in a foreign language. Wow. Because you've got a, it's a call and receive like you do in jazz Mm. or blues. I guess it could be blues for the Americans, but jazz is also American. I don't know what I'm talking about. Keep going. Overall, this was extremely intense, draining and satisfying. I'm really thankful for having taken a CW Ops course. Almost everything that I did during the QSO had been drilled into me during the course. And despite not practicing for almost a whole year after that, the skills and knowledge gained were still there and clicked into place almost automatically as they were needed. I'm still very, very impressed. Okay, now on to other things. Oh. In the last pod, Josh briefly discussed putting encryption on top of ham radio in a SHTF scenario. I certainly did not. You cannot tell and, the FCC and, I did that. <laughs> in particular, the one-time pad method. The absolute unbreakability of OTP is overrated, I'd say. Oh. For it to work as advertised, you have to have an amount of matching random numbers equal to the amount of letters in all of the messages you expect to send over the air and have that for every pair of correspondence. So if you've got a group of five people, each have to have four huge notebooks with a different key stream in each. This is because you can't repeat the key as that heavily compromises the cipher, making it quite breakable. And it being a fully symmetric cipher, you can't use it for more than one pair of correspondence. Otherwise, if one member of the group gets captured, all past and future communications of everyone else in the group are exposed. Right. So as a better and more practical alternative, just use something that you already use every day. Asymmetric public key encryption. That's the stuff of the World Wide Web runs off on. And while not absolutely unbreakable, it currently requires decades, if not centuries, and a state-of-the-art supercomputer to decrypt a single message. But you can share one of your keys publicly, which is where the name comes from, and anyone can use that key to encrypt a message to you, but no one except you can decrypt. An added benefit is digital signatures. You can sign your message so that anyone can verify that it is really you who wrote it and that it wasn't altered after that. The most prevalent form of PKE that can be used on top of any communications medium is PGP or its free open source implementation GPG. You feed the program your message and it spews out alphanumeric gibberish. Mm -hmm which you can send in an email, read over the radio, or print on a piece of paper, and attach it to a pigeon. Mm -hmm. 
It does require some form of computing. However, a Pi or a smartphone is more than enough. And if you've got power for the radio, you can probably power the computing device as well. It does pay to have a backup human proce uh, processable encryption method, of course, and this one may well be one that is vulnerable to advanced cryptanalysis because once SHTF, there's unlikely to be anyone that has both cryptographers or is one and cares enough about you to eavesdrop on all your messages and then do any serious manual cryptanalysis on them. If you've got time, I've got some books on the topic. Cryptonomicon by Neil Stevenson is a deep dive into the principles and history of advanced cryptography and nerd culture. As a bonus, the book contains an NSA-proof method of encryption that can be used without a computer. It uses a deck of playing cards as oh, both cool. the key and mm -hmm. the computing device. Yep, yep. Little Brother by Cory Doctorow is another great book in the same vein, but it's more about the practical aspect of using cryptography in an evil, oppressive government SHTF scenario. <laughs> and another recommendation meant to write to you about it some time ago, but forgot. Fortunately, your mention of slapstick sci-fi reminded me of it. If you haven't, watch the anime series Planet Planetites? Planet... Planeties. It's one of those examples of hard sci-fi titles in anime, and it's so, so good. Also really fun. With that, I say my 73s three times. Good luck with the test, Leia. You're doing great. By the way, I second the idea of two podcasts a week. Mm. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but thank you for the recommendation. Yeah, all of his points on cryptography, I don't disagree with at all. Um, use whatever is available to you as a citizen, and it's probably more than good enough. Oh, so you are saying that people should go ahead and encrypt there? I'm saying they could if they wanted to. No, no. I'm not saying that at all. FCC. I'm not saying that at all. Okay, Noah, you get this message to the FCC. <laughs> I'm saying that if you needed to do so where it is legal, go ahead. Mm. That is me saying that for reasons which I don't want to get in trouble. But there are obvious situations where you can use that kind of thing. Um, oh, we heard you loud and clear. Yeah, if uh, if there was a problem. So, you know, I, I, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, for all of the recommendations, including the anime one. That's always very fun for Josh. I still. How did he spell it? Planet S. Planet S. Yeah, it's like planets, but with an E between the T and the S. And the next email is titled "Long I, Time First I can't Time Planets." With a Z. No. Planet ES. Planet ES. Got it. All right. This email is from Ryan. Oh, I'll look that up. Looks good. <laughs> Dear Leia and that self proclaimed radio guy. <laughs> I think that's you. Okay. Uh, first off, thank you for all the content, although I am currently two months behind in total. This is my first email to the so-called podcast. podcast listener. Thanks for your email. 
<laughs> well, welcome to the email correspondence <laughs> tower. Indeed. I do not remember how I found you, but within the last two years, it has been on my must-listen list. Oh, wow. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Although I have a lot to comment on from Skyline Chili, Cat Cups, not being allergic to bees, <laughs> the rock bottom line, and so on and so forth. There's a lot of ground we've covered. I'm here to comment on the public safety and preparedness for this email. Okay. Some background first. My father has been related to the world of public safety since before the show Emergency was out. My father, a fellow ham, was an EMT, public safety dispatcher and director, and is a consultant in the world of 9-11. This inspired me as I am now a security guard for my full-time job, as well as an EMT, volunteer firefighter, and search and rescue technician. Wow. This is amazing. This is a legacy of family members saving lives. Ryan, your email is actually very timely hmm. because at our local we've been talking about performing... Victorian farming no. <laughs> in our preparedness corner today. <laughs> the... Uh, our local performing arts center, which is a Cerritos performing arts center, recently had an emergency event. It was the cast like emergency of the show came out? Emergency. Emergency. Mm -hmm. the, the the TV vitamin show? C supplement. No, the TV show Emergency. Oh, it was just that really. Yeah. No, you just had like a. Mm -hmm. You really prefaced the sure. C. They had a panel where they answered questions and mm -hmm. talked about the history of the show. But this is what's interesting. Okay. And I bring this up because Ryan said that his family was in the world of public safety before Emergency was out. Mm -hmm. In that panel, Emergency took credit for inventing the EMT. They said that before their show, the EMT role did not exist. Hmm. And that they created it for the show. And that, that seems it like then, yeah. And so when somebody was telling me about this and I was like, is that cannot be true? And they're like, yeah, well, that's what they said. And, and I'm like, so obviously don't take what I'm saying as fact mm -hmm. for what that the emergency cast said mm -hmm. it could have been a bad game of telephone mm -hmm. but i find it very hard to believe that a tv show invented a job in which hospitals and emergency response teams were like man until i saw the show i never thought that there should be people who were medically trained for emergencies you mean to tell me road. you mean to tell me the people that take the really wounded people mm -hmm. from an emergency right scene. right that they should and also them be to able the to hospital treat them. that they should potentially be able to like stabilize skills. stabilize them yeah mm -hmm. in the ride never been done before thank goodness that show came out wow yeah <laughs> that's kind of a, that's one of those things that like comes like across like pompous. insulting yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> comes across like oh no yeah no no uh before uh those are just uh, death wagons Citation needed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's clanking wagon. And I was like, I, I cannot. First, I cannot believe that somebody who created a yeah, TV show about emergency nineteen seventy. Whoa, that had a long run. Yes. Do you know how many years that went for? How many? Seventy-two to seventy-nine. 
That's not a long, uh, I mean, for shows back then, I guess that was a long run. Now we have like 22 seasons of a TV show. <laughs> That's a long run. What I mean, is that, like Law and Order SVU? I think Simpsons. The original Simpsons. Law and Order is back again. Oh my God. <laughs> They've gone around and looped themselves. We had Doctor Who that went on for Doctor Who. That is <laughs> no, but th those are all shows that like have uh, they have a change over. Like mm -hmm. the main characters are different, right? Like The Simpsons is still like the longest running show from my from what I believe. It's not Law and Order. The, the cast of characters changes. You can't just like upend the whole Law thing. Law and Order SVU. Is what you're saying to me right uh, now? I, I am. I am positive. Mariska Hargitay takes po deep offense, as does Ice Cube or Ice T. Ice, Ice Cube also offended <laughs> yes. on behalf of Ice T. <laughs> They're Ice Bros. Okay, Leia. Cool to the core. When, when did this start? Mm -hmm. This is just crazy. You can't. You can't include the Tracy Ullman years. Wh why? For, well, if for you the, get to. If for, you get to factor in different types of law and order. No, you, but Tracy Ullman, The Simpsons weren't a show. They were like a side note. Okay. It started in 1989. What? The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Okay. When did Law and Order start? Oh, SVU? You specifically said SVU. Okay, go ahead. You can't be hitting me. That's what I'm saying. You can't okay, be jumping when like SVU And start? I'm going to bridge the gap with trial by attorney. <laughs> like no i'm sorry no i would only bridge the gap with criminal intent and you know it yeah okay. yeah <laughs> okay but that came that was a that was bookended by svu um it is both the longest running american animated series which of course no no doubt but also the longest american sitcom the longest american scripted primetime television series and has many other things that they are uh the accolades mm. of Law and Order SVU. <laughs> That's my girl. No, I'm now searching it. I'm not. Wow, yeah. way to way to start taking the victory lap a little pre preemptively there, my my girl. <laughs> the show premiered in 1999. Oh. The Simpsons have a full decade ahead I, of them. How would you even? What? Whatever. What are you talking about? You weren't even in high school. I've never sat down and wanted to do a Simpsons marathon. Okay, I've never been sucked in. I mean, to first... spending a whole day on the couch. I... Yes. yes, I've never been. You've never been sucked into the couch watching SVU. You've always done other things. That's true. But SVU is a good on in the on background, in the background yes. thing. But sometimes you sit down. Sometimes. It comes on one of those very emotional episodes. Not anymore. I've life. changed as a person. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one, only one. We don't only have one network thing. TV anymore. Yeah, yeah. So. That's what's changed. I don't. <laughs> there's only one thing that can get me when I see it on Legally Blonde. That's it. Yeah. That's that and Tombstone. Tombstone. Really? Yeah. Tombstone will Tombstone. mess me up. It'll mess my whole day up if I see Tombstone on that and the uh, the Cutlery Corner. A live knife sale. Man, the show. advent of like TV on demand has really changed your entire life trajectory. <laughs> Seriously, binging is like improved and ruined my life in, in very specific <laughs> ways. All right. Appointment television really, uh, I think, held me back. 
It's true. It yeah. really held me back personally. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Ryan continues. So my first comment radio related is that some PSAP public safety access point and emergency operations center EOC mm-hmm. actually have amateur radio stations built inside them for sure. emergency communications. We Yeah. We've talked about this. Yeah. Why have a shared channel when there is a station a few steps away? Maybe the station has a few flex radios in them as well. The areas that this exists in have an ACS coordinator that often has a list of people ready to take control of the station. In my area, there is a command post van that also has a radio, a Kenwood TMD710, installed inside the van. Good. Good radio. van is often brought out once a year for the MS ride that happens annually, where amateur radio is the only reliable form of communications. When you do not have RFI source from a cheap phone charger causing issues, story for another email. These events are a fantastic way for radio operators to get out and do real world public safety and quote unquote emergency communication without the harm caused by natural disasters. Although events can become a disaster if as something as a route is planned incorrectly. Again, another story, lucky, not terrible. Well, I think I've rambled on enough for now, and we'll have to write again when another topic comes up, and I remember to write. I we think I have, have made... a lot of MCOM talks from where he's probably at to where we are now. So we, will, <laughs> we will hear from you again. I think I have made the tower a little bit bigger and hope to contribute some more stories about scouts shenanigans work in public safety and radio fun out in the woods and other radio tangential topics. Now, I, I want to hear about this uh, phone charger situation. Yeah, I because... love it. I love the uh, hints at the at future emails. So thank yeah. you so much for emailing. And I mean, um, I feel like and, and the, my experience is again, just my own, um, that MCOM groups vary greatly and their capabilities vary greatly. Right. They're not all the same. And the equipment that they have and what they're capable of vary to a degree that, like, is hard to say that there's any one way that MCOM looks like in any There's one not city. just one way to mcom right because cerritos is is they just don't really have anything to do with amateur radio but that just has to do with one sad ham right <laughs> the saddest ham who sued the city over ham radio uh you know i mean that, that, that kind of stuff it was happens, a great though. relationship yeah yeah but and i mean we, we keep wanting to build upon it but i swear it's like i can't i can't crack that nut oh like, no no, I, no. Have, I already talked to um chung about this uh who is the mayor and also a police officer i because i offered the sheriff station the crank up from john Mm -hmm. and he said they already have a uh, antenna Mm -hmm. on their roof it's obviously not as good as a crank up but that there's also a station in there and now there is but that took years but i'm talking even about like volunteering my time to like teach people about amateur radio I've gone that far with Emily and other people. Yeah, Emily is more than willing. You're invited to certs. I have literally, literally literally emailed her and talked to her and said, I will come and explain all the comm systems to people as a part of the cert group. 
so that they can have a layer of communication. Yes. And and it's going to go from the base minimum to actually being effective to communicate with the city. And no crickets. I I have something to tell you about Emily, Mm -hmm. who I am very fond of. I'm fond of Emily. Yeah, I mean, Emily and I were real champions this last uh, summer together. I like how you slid yourself in as also being a champion. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Well, because we armed each other, you see. (laughs) Emily is probably the most exhausted person at community safety. She... She has to deal with Karen. Well, that. Crazy Karen. But also, she does, like, everything at community safety. She... I think that uh, she is going to collapse from how tired she looks. So She always does look incredibly tired. Yes, That's true. Because That's... she is doing a lot. I, I mean, just think of how like easy it is. I can just drive over. I got all these radios and stuff. I can show them how they all work. You... Going from AM, FM radios through handhelds to the, the full MCOM setup. You are trying to go from point A to point B and you forget... That all of Emily's paths are wrapped up in red bureaucratic tape. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> she would love to do all of this. Yeah, I... And then she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Oh, no, my boss has a problem with everything. <laughs> like, no offense to uh, her boss that I will not name, but he is somebody who really gets caught up in things <laughs> like when i was organizing that uh you're talking about big d yeah yeah okay so when i was uh, <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about uh when we did the debate the mm-hmm. community safety-based debate mm-hmm. the literal number of corrections he had for the flyer which had nothing to do with his department by the way <laughs> Just out of respect, I sent it to him. He was like, oh, there might be, you know, there might be an issue with like the order that you have the names in. Or like uh, there might be an issue if you leave this name out because there was one person who didn't RSVP. Oh, well, I, and then I was just like, been trying to be helpful to you because I think he actually likes you. Yeah, no, no, he you, does. Yeah, I, I he think does. he was just trying to be helpful. Of course. Yeah. And also to not get his department. Well, sure. There's a self-serving aspect for a lot of things that people do. Because his department is the liaison for Neighborhood Watch. The liaison. Right. And if the Neighborhood Watch captains who were putting on this debate went off the rails, (laughs) it would have been a nightmare. Well, we are technically volunteers. We can't just go roughshod across the bat, like shading (laughs) an entire candidate. Like, I get it. And we were, I think we were very fair to that candidate. We were, we were fair to all the candidates. And I think that uh, they were actually quite surprised at how fair. (laughs) And they were shook, shook by the quality. Yes. It's like, how is this possible that this is better than our twice a month televised? (laughs) That we shoot on CCTV cameras. Yes. From when emergency was introduced <laughs> to the public when we got our EMTs that day. Yes. Okay. So they do have hams that they are already allocated to call in an emergency to operate those radios. You are not one of those hams, but they. <laughs> okay. 
That's <laughs> they fine. do have emergency ham. I'll, I'll okay. keep it. I'll keep it down on the. They call them spams. All right. <laughs> Is that what they're really called? Just break open in, in case of emergency. Spams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, no, they don't actually. It's like Mr. Me Seeks, but it's a. Uh, but a now, operator. but now I I want to make the shirt. It's a spam shirt. Wasn't spam mentioned in another shirt idea? So you're coming up with a. You're coming up with a. I mean, we we do need to get a back. Derivative. On, we do need to get back on the uh, the merch game because we have, we have been really lack lackadaisical with our shirts. We have so many good ideas. So many good ideas. Yeah, I just release the spams and it's just like it's a spam can that's fallen over and it's just a bunch of ham radio operators running out with orange vests on, holding no. HTs. Mm -mm, that was release the spams. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Where were you going with it? I was just going to do a can of Spam that was like open in case of emergency. <laughs> it's, uh, and like sort of a bow fang on it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I see where you're going. And then on the back, it would say special ham. <laughs> spam. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan continues. Uh, well, uh, your humble servant? Mm. That's, is that where we left off? Fetch, fetch me a flex radio. <laughs> you mentioned them earlier. Uh, your humble servant, Ryan, uh, call sign redacted. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. Okay. Your email is very much appreciated. Appreciate it. And, thank uh, you. look forward to your future emails. Ah, day two again. We're back. Day two. Day two. A, a proper day two, where we had a day in between the days. Proper two. Proper two. All right. Okay. How are you doing? Good? You've been going nonstop. Yeah, school starts again for the Chinese school. Man. It's a massive registration push. Mm hmm And then it's the first time we're coming back in person since the pandemic, so it's mm -hmm. like... It's basically rebuilding the school. You don't have any like cross online classes, right? They're all in person now? All online. Gonna, uh, all in person. I was going to say, you could probably just ask people on the podcast if their kids want to learn Chinese. And you can just have them dial in. No. With a phone. A phone, you A said. landline, mm -hmm. if you will. Yes. But never mind. That won't work. <laughs> I actually, I did the parent orientation today. Mm-hmm. And a massive, like, uh, push to get uh, people registered. And we registered, like, six people after my orientation. Nice. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm waiting for you to start reading emails. I don't know it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You said, I thought it was I thought it was nicely padding the space for you to like get two emails. Like, I'm literally my mind out. is totally everywhere. I get it. I elsewhere. Understand. I understand. Elsewhere. Yeah. I'm just drinking my Lambrusco. My bubble's gone. Yeah, we are. <laughs> oh God. Oh Lambrusco. Why oh. do we have this? Did I buy this? You bought this for something. Oh, uh, you know what? I like a Lambrusco by the pool. We must have had like some pool related event. We had some some event adjacent to water. And so I was like, Lambrusco is the answer. You know what we haven't had in a long time is Pims. Mm. Season's over for you. You, you, will, you won't touch a Pims. I had Pims overlooking a beach. When? 
when I went to Crystal Cove, there's a bar there that serves Pim's Cup in a massive mason jar. Oh, my goodness. It was. And because Delightful for you, I imagine. None of the other parents drink. Oh, yeah. And I needed to get the parking ticket validated. Mm-hmm. So I went. I was like, I'm gonna take one for take the team, guys. Look at this menu. So I ordered my Pim's Cup. Mm-hmm. I sat on a stool looking towards the ocean between two beautiful cliffs alone yes no one came in with you no i drank my pim's so, cup it was wonderful oh i bet yeah a little reprieve a little respite so you know when you say you haven't had pim's cup in a long time that's just that's just you. me yeah that's just me yep all the right garnishes too pim's cup has an obnoxious amount of garnish what do they garnish a Pim's cup with? There's cucumber. Oh, there's I'm strawberry. Already I'm already out. It's what makes it refreshing. And not once have you ever had a Pim's cup without cucumber. What are you talking about? Not that I made. Oh, yeah. No, I've had ones that I made myself. That's and ridiculous. And it was just Pim's. You drank Pim's straight up? Well, something else mixed in with it. I don't know what it was. I don't remember now. It's from Pim's cup that I learned that lemonade in other countries is carbonated. Oh, Yes. This mm-hmm. was, uh, it was a lesson for me because mm-hmm. Pim's Cup is actually a British. Yeah, very, very dish, British. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm ready. I called it a dish. It's a, it's a drink. It's yeah. a dish. <laughs> Only your family calls it a dish. <laughs> That's because my brother uses bowls for cups. So. Attractive, very shallow, small bowls to drink whiskey out of. <laughs> Those are those are whiskey cups. I mean, growing up, they were actually like dipping sauce bowls. Dipping but sauce bowls fine. would be perfect. Like yeah. it's, it's a it's a good good in sized dipping bowl, like a big dipping bowl. That's. But I mean, you grow up, and that's, now that's for bourbon it's for dipping your your liver in whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> All right. The first email is titled. Well, this is for today. Yes, mm-hmm. for today. Okay. Mm-hmm t-shirt idea and this is from jason it says hi alea first off love the podcast well thank you for listening thank you very much i generally finish it right before the next one drops amazing oh okay so uh, a delayed release yeah i mean maybe he's just listening to it in bits that's what i'm assuming yeah and i don't think he just binges it right before the the next one comes out for the next one and then he downloads and he goes and i can wait Of course, I assumed he was taking small, sanity-laden amounts of the podcast at one time. Speaking of binging, Mm. the next season of uh, Umbrella Academy is the last season. Okay. Speaking of binging. Yes. I heard the guy who plays Negan. What's his name? He plays the dad on... uh, Uh, James Dean Morgan? Something like that. Dean... Dean... Dean Dean Dean... Dean Dean machine Mm -hmm. uh he is joining the boys yes (laughs) i saw that and i was like how do i send this to you (laughs) because uh what's his name is already he was uh the captain america guy the the one of the brothers bring them all that was dean right yeah now i have to go back and watch all of supernatural to, to, get to, the understand, back, to understand the boys <laughs> that is that is a long-running show and complicated yeah incredibly complicated and then one of those actors or characters ended up becoming walker texas ranger <laughs> chuck norris what are you talking about 
Uh, one of the brothers whose name is Dean in uh, Gilmore Girls. Uh-huh. Dean from Gilmore Girls that ended up on Supernatural is now Walker in the series titled Walker. But and it's it not is a about, Western. But he's not trying to be like young Chuck Norris or something. I think it's Walker, Texas Ranger. I, the remake. This is, they're remaking well, I can't. Okay, now that we have I to can't. look it up. No, no okay. I just. Oh, wow, we're now really we're gonna, de- we're delaying. gonna have to watch it. Okay, merch yeah. idea. Hold- yeah, <laughs> no, we're gonna watch it live. Here we go. It is in fact a reboot of Walker Texas Ranger. Does he do martial arts? Well, he's Jared Pilecki, it appears, um, and I haven't watched it. But the same network that has yeah. Walker also has the remake of Kung Fu. So, what and the lead in Kung Fu is a female now. Is she actually Asian? Like yeah. all Asian? Yeah. Okay. That checks out. David Carradine wasn't. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Jason continues. I have a t-shirt idea. Please continue, Jason. That I think Josh and you might like. Okay. Not sure about the design, but mm. one that says, not old enough for 80 meters thoughts mm. uh, josh doesn't like age shaming i don't like age shaming and i don't <laughs> like gatekeeping you know that guys i mean i i, I don't want i don't want anybody to read a shirt and feel like potentially offended and then see my logo totally you know what i mean like i don't want to be associated with that i'm not saying it's not a funny shirt it's a very funny it's shirt. a very funny shirt i just don't want to be associated with that that's me personally that is not um, it's, <laughs> saying anything about your comedy or that I may say something like that on a live stream. I just don't want it to be emblazoned somewhere forever that I can't be like, it's a joke, guys. I'm kidding. You know what right. I mean? Uh-huh. I will say potentially mean things on live streams or on other people's, definitely on other people's live streams. I will do that. That is exactly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the worst behavior I've ever seen from youtubers is always on someone else's live stream of course of course i'm joking again i'm not being serious i realize i have to be careful when i give when i deliver like i don't think people know when i'm joking sometimes is it because of between two hams i think so yeah i'm very deadpan (laughs) deadpan is probably the wrong word for me but i can say things and not crack a smile or laugh or just like i can just give it to you straight and it so I got to be really careful when I when I make jokes like that. But and if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. Kyle made a video called "Between Two Hams." I also have a video called "You Between Do." Two Hams. So by the time this is out, it's probably going to be close to live. What you have the same video that Kyle posted? There's there's subtle differences in the editing. But that doesn't make sense. You can't do that. That's what we said beforehand. We're both going to post it. He posted it today. That doesn't even make sense to put the same video on two channels. Okay. What do you recommend? I recommend us just telling everyone to go watch Kyle's video. He's the originator of the idea. No, I was actually the originator of the idea. Between two hams. Yes, it was at Hamvention. And the Airbnb we were at was there was an upstairs part that Uh was literally a little nook that had two chairs and was Uh already set up for it. And the banisters of the stairs were like right there and i was upstairs and i yelled at everybody i'm like everybody get up here and look at this Mm -hmm. between two hams and everybody died laughing and we just couldn't film it Mm. so i'm very much a part of the idea still uh still did the whole thing you were a guest 
on Between Two Hands. Okay. You are not the host of Between Two Hands. Okay. So I will do this. I already have posted it to Patreon, Patreon oh, and members. No. I won't make it live. Wow. That's the only way you can see it. on. That's the only way you can see it in the greatness of 4K. How about that? That's it. We'll leave it there. Excellent. All right, Kyle. It's your content. It's yours, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason signs off. K4HEF. Thank you so much, Jason. I, I appreciate the. I appreciate you guys out there coming up with merch ideas. I just, uh, you know, that's my thoughts. The next email is titled Antenna Update and some pictures for you. Oh. Just for me. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is from uh, Mike. Also known as uh, Ham Solo and K-Fire. Mm -hmm. Lots of names yes. for Mike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. While in South Dakota for work, I was able to test out my 44-foot doublet antenna build with a one-to-one -one ballon and should have called in and left a message about that. I also tested a new loop antenna I constructed using an MFJ9232 QR, QR pocket loop mm -hmm. tuner. That Rich from MFJ let me use. Mm, okay. Rich I, stubs. I got out easily on both a 10-point summit, just a little outside Rapid City, South Dakota. Here is a picture of my combined contacts with both antennas. Okay. Okay, cool. So I think he did um, He did email earlier about the the antennas. We, we talked about a doublet mm -hmm. and a loop. Okay. Do you so this is just, just a follow-on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the Dakotas, the southernmost Dakota. And he was definitely getting out there. Yeah, he was going west coast to east coast without much effort, looks like. Pretty cool. Impressive. Very good. Of course, the video will be available soon on my YouTube channel, Ham Solo. I will drop that link in the show notes for you, Mike. Thank you, thank you. But I saw these two things while in South Dakota and thought I would include those pictures as well. That's a Tandy leather store. <gasps> a legitimate Tandy store. Wow. Is that what the font always was? That seems not. very modern. I was, yeah, I was like, that. That's, it, I don't like that font. That seems a little like it's catering to another leather-loving clientele, you mm, know? No. It, it looks like a like a scrapbooking mom's font. Yes. Established 1919 with that font. Wow. I don't think so. Modern. Uh, H-A-A-R-P to host open house at Alaska facility. We talked about HARP, remember? They're the... the Everybody thinks Harp. They're, they're the people that are manipulating the weather. Yes. And I feel as though I need to read this article, but instead I shall drop it in, in the Discord. Discord. And the podcast channel. For everybody to be able to look at the same information. Very good. Mike signs off. Enjoy and 73 Mike K0 FYR Ham Solo. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. That's an impressive range you got there. Well done. The next email is titled QCX Mini in a Constant Tone. Mm. And uh, this is from David. Hello, Leah and Josh. I hope you are both well. Firstly, I wanted to say that I love your podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I have watched many of your videos, Josh, on the YouTubes, and I love them so much. Thank you. I Oh, that's very nice. I find them very interesting and informative and also educational. I live in the northeast of England and have been a ham for about two and a half years now. Oh, congratulations. After getting my foundation license, I guess we should ring the bell. Yeah, why not? Yeah. 
Congratulations. I bought a Baofeng UV82 and made a Moxum 2-meter antenna with wood and copper plumbing pipes, which worked very well for the birds like SO50, Mm -hmm. but resulted in it being a little heavy. Okay. I have threatened to buy a commercial one like the Elk or Arrow, but have been sidetracked with everything else in ham radio. After a year of foundation, I studied and upgraded to the intermediate license. Congratulations. Very good. Which allows more power, but I am just keen to complete the three license stages to full license for completion, Mm -hmm. not for the power. I am very happy with my Yesu FT991A and ZX6BKW inverted V antenna. I also have a diamond uh, X50 on a pole outside above the roof that gets out amazingly, uh, amazingly well for a small antenna from my location. Mm-hmm. My recent project antenna has been an 80 meter and fed half wave, which I have not tuned yet, but has already got pretty good SWR on a few bands. But after dabbling with all things radio, I have really gotten into learning Morse code, which your video with Howard triggered for me. Excellent. That was the point. I started in February and I'm training at 20 words per minute with an effective speed of seven words per minute. I am very happy with the progress as I have got the 40 characters learned, but now practicing sentences and call signs. I joined the Long Island CW Club earlier in the year as a lifetime member and have only recently started joining the Zoom classes, which I'm really liking. Yeah, the Zoom classes are great. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I am using a 3D printed CW Morse.us mini straight key in black and bright yellow, and it seems pretty good. Definitely good enough to get started <clears throat> and very inexpensive. Yeah. Hmm, I feel like I'm rambling. So in the voice of Jason KM for ACK, KMAC, stick around and I'll get right into it. My question, that is. So at the end of 2021, I bought a kit to build in the form of a QRP Labs QCX Mini on 40 meters. Mm -hmm. I spent a few nights over the course of a few weeks in December to complete it. And all seems to have gone quite well as far as I can tell. I think I need to adjust the toroid winding slightly as I think the power coming from it could be improved. My question is, with regards to something I have noticed that I think may be normal, but did some research on the web and couldn't find a conclusive answer Mm -hmm. that was not overly technical for me. The scenario was that I set up my QCX Mini in the back garden with a battery Mm -hmm. and attached a Soda Beans Band Hopper 3 configured in an inverted V on Mm -hmm. 40 meters. I had it set to 7.020 megahertz and asked my wife to sit next to it in the garden while I went inside the house to my ham shack with the FT991A. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the band scope on the 991A, I could see a constant tone on the band scope about six or 700 hertz below 7.020 megahertz. I tuned to it and it was about uh, an S4 or S5 constant tone, which I worked out was coming from the QCX Mini. The bandhopper antenna attached to the QCX Mini was only about 10 meters away from the ZS6BKW that the shack radio was plugged into, so pretty close. Mm -hmm. 
I wanted to know if this was normal or have I maybe got a problem. Other than that, it seems to work okay sending and receiving on the frequency. And I don't see the constant tone while plugging the QCX into a dummy load and sitting it next to the 991 in the shack. Yeah, I, I'm I'm totally <clears throat> I'm totally forgetting what this term is. I believe that it is normal. And the reason you're seeing it is because you're so close. You're receiving antennas so close. But, but I don't want you to take that um, as the right answer. What I would like you to do is find the groups.io for um, the QRP labs and all of their radios. Groups.io is an invaluable location for hams that are kit builders as they're going through the issues that they may experience with different radios, as they're building them, all that fun stuff, um, that is where you should go for that. So um, highly recommend you do a groups.io space QCX mini Google search, and you'll find the groups.io page, and then you can uh, and you can post your question there or read, and, and you'll probably have a post somewhere that already exists on that topic. David continues, uh, I if it is normal, I wonder how it would affect people on a field day where multiple stations are near each other with antennas and picking up the constant tone. Or if it is not normal, where what might the problem be and what should I look to to fix it? I don't anticipate doing a field day, but I just don't want to damage the QCX if it's a problem. Yeah, I, I was also oh. thinking about getting a 20-meter version and seeing if it also had the same constant tone. I would not lose sleep over it if it did, and I would end up with a 20-meter QCX in the process, which is no bad thing. Yeah, I know that one of my crickets does that. Or they all have it to a degree, but some more than others. Uh, first, if you're on a field day and you're very closely adjacent to anyone on the same band, you're gonna blow each other out of the out of the water. Even on you're beyond different antennas, you'll you'll just pick them up. That's why we use bandpass filters. Mm. Even when you're on separate bands and you transmit, you can sometimes hear the adjacent stations. So we generally do not operate on the same band when we're together. Right. On field day. It just won't work. It's just too many people. We mm -hmm. jump around the bands a lot. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna. I, I'm sticking with the go to groups.io and ask the question, or more likely, uh, look for it. I feel like there's probably there might be an alignment thing you have to do. Maybe it's out of alignment. It's possible if you followed the instructions on setup, you may want to go down to the alignment area and look again. So all yeah. right. Well, David signs off. Anywho, thanks for your great podcast and YouTube content. I listen to the podcast every morning during the week for an hour at a time as I work from home and always go on a five kilometer walk around the local farm before starting my job. Mm. That's amazing. Good Hopefully this email gets to you over Winlink from my Raspberry Pi. Best wishes to you both and your family. 73 from David. 2E0WDT, Amazon Podcast 1.2X listener. Yes. <laughs> on Podcast. Right on. Thank you. I'm not allergic to wasp as I have only ever been stung by one wasp at one time ever. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Good to hear. Good to hear. All okay. right. Well, hopefully uh, that answers your question. And thank you so much for telling us your ham radio journey. Thank you. Uh, the next email is titled 
PPS correction, and this is from Ham Solo, also known as Mike K. Fire. Uh, hi, Josh. Uh, hi, Josh and Leia. Mm -hmm. While editing my video from the 10 Point Summit in South Dakota, I realized that my doublet was hooked up to a 4 to 1 ballon, again, instead of the 1 to 1 as promised. I went out after that to a poda near my house in Colorado and did an activation there on Sunday and posted to my channel on Wednesday, August 24th, with the doublet using a one-to-one ballon for sure this time. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the confusion. I will talk to you after I return from Indiana. Planning on hitting a park there as well. 73, Mike, K0FYR, uh, K-Fire, Ham Solo. Well, but oh, he buried the lead again. What? So he showed us how many contacts he got on the four-to-one. Mm. But he didn't show us how many contacts he got on the one-to-one. There you go. Well, I, need, I guess he'll so let us know after th Indiana. There's the using contacts is sometimes a good way to do, you know, how, how well your antenna is getting out. It definitely is effective, right? We know the antenna is effective to some degree. It's which one is better? Like, how do we prove which way is the better way? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Generally for that, I like to use whisper. Oh, whisper is a really good way. And then you get, right. you'll transmit like twice on whisper for each antenna. Or changing the ballon, and um, and and then see how that goes. All right. Yeah. Hopefully that's helpful. The next email is titled "Digital Advancements," and this is from Seamus. Greetings to you both. Thank you, Seamus. Thank you so much for all the podcasts, as I enjoy every single one. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. I am also enjoying the Pokemon references every week. <laughs> we are always keeping busy with something. If it's not ham radio, then Pokemon Go is a fun distraction. And both at the same time now and then. Do you play Pokemon Go when you're... Uh... I think you might be referring to the video where Ben was playing Oh, Pokemon yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's a great way to uh, keep your kids entertained. Shut them up. Well, but I mean, only a little bit. They still talk. Yeah, they're talking about Pokemon Go. <laughs> that's a that's a big topic in our house. Very often it is it's today. True. Edison tried to talk me into giving him the 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 lady bunny, Flapunny. Is that her name, Flapunny? Is that like Bunneries? Yes. Uh, evolution? Okay. It's Lady Bunny. And then Ben goes, that's what that one video daddy was watching called uh, Sexy Bunny Lady. <laughs> what? <laughs> Flop Bunny? Okay, now I'm just going to show you. We got to be careful here. here People go. are going to think I'm... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lop Bunny. Yeah. Lop Bunny. Sorry, not Flop Bunny. But Lop that's bunny. like her arms, but it doesn't look like arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why were they talking about me watching a video for that? I know. People are going to think I'm like a furry or something. <laughs> no. Oh, no. You know what it was? We were watching when they, I was in the car with them. Mm -hmm. We were doing a video. I was watching a video that I thought would be like, okay to watch. It was like the worst designs of Pokemon. Okay. Like the top 10 from mm -hmm. every like region. Sure. And that one made it because it was like a voluptuous bunny. Yes. That's what they, it's like, that's a little ridiculous. When I evolved that. Mm-hmm. Or caught it. I don't know. Whenever it entered my Pokédex, I was like, this is an in inappropriate Pokémon. <laughs> this is an inappropriate Pokémon. I think I told you that, too. <laughs> All right. Well, Seamus continues. Here's a question for you, Josh. Mm. And it's one I've been thinking of for quite a while. I'm active on three digital formats, DMR, Fusion, and D-Star. Okay. I use a Raspberry Pi hotspot and also the occasional repeater. 
my question is, why have none of the manufacturers incorporated a hotspot or encoder into their radios? It would eliminate the need for a separate Pi Star to get onto Wi-Fi. I know that these are proprietary, but imagine if the radios themselves had Wi-Fi capabilities for this and the ability to get on networks without having a separate hotspot. I think you just answered your question, bud. I know there may be some issues regarding usage in this, or perhaps that there isn't enough space inside the radio to accommodate it. Doubt this, as they do amazing things with circuitry. Well, it's definitely that, though. But perhaps the ability to add something like M17 or All-Star to a different method of digital to one of the radios. I think this would revolutionize the industry and make it easier for hands to access the internet, thereby eliminating an extra piece of gear. Okay. So, a couple of things. Hang on. I'm sure that oh. this was thought of years ago, and plenty of hams have probably emailed the major manufacturers about it. Of course they have. Would something like this be possible? I know some radios have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, so that's a good start right there. Granted, that would not bode well for hotspot manufacturers. But the idea of having something like an open spot or hotspot built into the radio makes me quite excited that it could take place in the future. What do you think? <laughs> Ideas, thoughts? And I must give credit to my wife, Anne. Oh, I'm going to pause here so you can answer that. Okay. So God, there's so much to unpack here. If we go farther enough down the rabbit hole, you don't need the radio anymore. If you've got Wi-Fi built into it, why not throw 5G into it? Right? Mm -hmm. Then you, you don't need the radio anymore. There's no point to have the RF. You can do Echolink on your phone if you want to. And there's actually, I think there's phone apps that do DMR or something like that. There's the first point. Um, the furthest we go down that rabbit hole, I think, is probably the 705 having wireless LAN capability. Okay, but I made this new product, okay? It's a it's a VHF player. Okay. It also plays Betamax. Whoa. Wow. I got sued by two companies. Oh, my God. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Kenwood licensed to use D-Star in their D74 radio. That's perfectly fine, right? They went to ICOM and said, we want to use your radio. They were able to get access to the proprietary chip, so on and so forth. Bob's your uncle. There isn't actually space in the radio to do all the programs, like all the digital modes. And to a certain point, some of the digital modes are proprietary. A lot claim they are not, but there are components of it that certainly are let's say, difficult to replicate on your own for mm. free, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that aspect of it. And then if you say, okay, well, let's not load discrete components for every digital mode in the radio, which won't fit to begin with. Let's put a Raspberry Pi in there. Well, again, that's a single board computer you've now put into the radio. Mm. Right? That still does take up space. Take apart any of your handhelds and tell me where you would fit more radios or more processing bodies, more computing capability. There really isn't the space for it, right? M17 isn't like an easier or lighter mode. It just can be loaded on some radios instead of DMR mm, via a okay. firmware update, right? Now, the last bit. All the major companies don't want you to buy one. I mean, they do want you to buy their radios. But they want you to buy their radios to use on their repeaters. I think a lot of people think, oh, the buck stops with the buying of the radio. But that's not really true either. A lot of the times, 
the buck stops in the entire network. ICOM wants to sell D-Star repeators. Yesu wants to sell YM, uh, YSF repeaters, right? Mm -hmm. Although Yesu had a very smart idea once upon a time where they gave out repeaters to very prominent clubs. Oh. And then everybody went out and bought Yesu, Yesu radios, right? Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, ICOM has done this too. I think most companies have done this anyway. I think you get where I'm going with this. They don't want to work together, right? They are separate companies. They're separate entities. They don't have a relationship of working together ever because they're in it to make the same money that the other company is making. Yeah. Why um, didn't they make it so that like iPhones were compatible with um, Android apps? Yeah. <laughs> they're still companies. They're still businesses, yeah. right? So I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening anytime soon. And that's why companies like OpenSpot that makes a very nice portable hotspot exists that works off of your phone, highly portable, has an internal battery, costs most in most radios, mm -hmm. right? But it's the it's the Star Trek universal translator of digital voice modes. Right. That's why it's popular. It's super easy. It scratches all the itches that people want. Now, you know, keep this in mind. You'd have to take that unit and embed it into the radio, right? You'd have to make it a part of it if you wanted that same capability. Right. And yes, of course, we're just talking circuitry and not the cases of the batteries or whatever. But all of that deducts from the primary use case in most situations. Right. Right. Yesu wants you to use a YSF repeater to get on YSF to be on that network, right? Mm -hmm. Plus, they also want you to buy all of the accoutrement to set up a home hotspot station. For YSF. That's why you can't do Wires X on a Pi-Star, OpenSpot, or whatever. Wires X doesn't work in those modes. You have to run an HSI 200 and a laptop or a computer that runs their specific software if you want to do X, uh, Wires X type things, right? Mm. That is a, an additional user interface layer on top of Yesu System Fusion, right? So they all have their little proprietary things that are baked in. And they don't want to play with the other systems. Right. It, it doesn't serve them much purpose, I feel, from a business standpoint. Sure. Does that make sense? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hope that and, answers and yes, your question. Many Seamus. people have asked this question. <laughs> and to me, it feels They just obvious. have one person dedicated mm -hmm. to answering this question at each company. At each company. Yeah. <laughs> just on Twitter, screaming at everybody. <laughs> I, to me, it feels kind of obvious. So I, I am always figuring, I, I'm always assuming that I'm not giving a good enough answer to this. Like, am, am I not conveying what the what is no, well understood? I think, I, I think Seamus is actually coming from um, a the same perspective I come from. Like because, an altruism first kind of thing? Like everybody play together and work together no, in, a great, because in a greater, brighter world? Theoretically, mm -hmm. if you... Uh, the race to success in a lot of tech areas is actually standardization. Right? Like... Um, I don't know. How Sony tried to be proprietary about the chargers or their memory sticks or whatever anything to play with a sony device was like you you're gonna have to have like all of the sony accessories this is not gonna go across multiple hey kids remember memory stick <laughs> right but they had to adapt right they wanted to be proprietary because they wanted to keep all of the <coughs> accessory money 
to themselves. Of course. But then people just ended up going with the the jack of as many trades as possible. It's the USB cable option versus the lightning cable that Apple uses for it. Yeah, exactly. And even Apple has moved to um, USB-C, right? Because nobody cares about the lightning cable. Uh, Yes, but uh, we're talking about digital modes versus peripherals and accessories. No, I I understand. Yeah. But in almost every other business, making things more accessible and Mm -hmm. just being the best in that space Mm -hmm. is a a pretty good path forward, Mm -hmm. right? Frustrating your customer because they can't get your box to do what you want the box to do mm-hmm. seems like just such a backwards idea. So I would like everybody to Google standards okay. and then X K C D X-ray kilo Charlie Delta, all one word standards space X K. This is the comic. This is the comic, okay. the situation. There are 14 competing standards. And two people are standing next to each other on the second panel. 14? Ridiculous. We need to develop one universal standards that covers everyone's use cases. And the other person goes, yeah. And then it says soon, third panel, situation, there are 15 competing standards. <laughs> right? So this is just a, a, a matter of competing standards. Right? Mm-hmm. Yesu is not going to capitulate itself to ICOM and go, please give us D-Star. You were the first one. <laughs> I would like some of your D star. They're gonna go. No, we're gonna make our own thing. Yeah. Why? Why which would is, they? Which is literally the spirit of ham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I and also, I mean, I'm not gonna pretend like American companies are no different than this, but Japanese companies generally not gonna be like, hey, toy, hey, hey, Toyota. We really want to use your, you know, VVTI system in our next Honda. Mm-hmm. No. Right. They made VTEC. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's those are totally different types of similar ideas or probably the other way around. VTech might have existed before VVTI. It doesn't matter. OK. All right. Well, Seamus continues. And I must give credit to my wife, Anne, KD7VNZ, also studying for her general test for the thought of asking this in my email. I've been talking with other hams about it, but I figured I would ask and see what the HRCC family thought about it. Yeah, and you're you're right on, and I and the the Seamus, right? Yeah, yeah, Seamus is right too. In that, yes, it would make the ham radio world easier, quote unquote, if we all had a universal standard for digital voice. Mm-hmm. But then you just have some hams out there making F M seventeen. M seventeen today exists because. Um, so many of these digital voice modes are stovepiped and they don't work together. So mm-hmm. M17 existed. We'd have another M17 if the world was all the same standard, <laughs> right? They'd want to make the cool kid standard that was special and different and had features that the one uniform standard didn't have. It's like human nature in a nutshell. Like we are innovation. Just, we're just constantly not satisfied. Seriously. And working towards a world we think will like be better, right? Or try yeah. to be better. Even if that means blatantly going against someone who's also doing that exact same thing in a different way. All right. Well, there you go. Well, Seamus uh, signs off. Many thanks for all you both do in this amazing hobby. And I look forward to the next podcast and all of the videos on YouTube. Seamus and 7 M W. I'm sorry, M Y W. Thank you. 
Well, thank you so much, Seamus, and good luck to your wife, Anne, on her general test. The next email is titled Stuff, and this is from Douglas. <laughs> okay. I'm listening to the August 15th podcast where you were talking about ADHD, and I'm not offended. Anyway, the squirrels were out to... <laughs> I've been getting out more this week on HF and VHF, UHF nuts. Douglas, KI7LIK. Well, thank you for that very you, short and uh, distracted email. Appreciate it. The next email is titled, Gonna Be a Bumpy Ride. And this is from Alex. Oh. Greetings and salutations, ham radio people. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since I wrote into the podcast, so hang on to all of your butts. A long time ago in a podcast, many hours away, you were talking about commercial CB radios and how they were named after presidents. I was wondering if they ever made one named Nixon that listened to you as well as transmitted. (laughs) It could also be nicknamed the Noah. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did make a radio that does that. They're in all of our homes. Mm -hmm. They're the emergency radios. Right. Smithix is also a beer I enjoy frequently and was told by many people in the States that it's pronounced Smithix. Is that right? Smithix. Smithix. I'm pretty sure it's Smithwix. <laughs> I thought it was Smithix. I thought so too. Huh. Hopefully this will save you some from some verbal abuse by some douche in a bar that hears you say Smithix like I got one in New York City. Oh, somebody was rude to you in New York City? No way. That's <laughs> Oh, what? I am so surprised. <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, picture of the the country split into quadrants? No. And in the upper right it says acts mean actually nice. Okay. South Southeast is acts nice, actually mean. Yes. Northwest. Bless your heart. Northwest <laughs> is acts nice, actually nice. Yes. And Southwest is acts mean, actually mean. <laughs> Californians aren't mean. I just, I just can't believe they did that to New Mexicans. I just... <laughs> Really lumping them in because California just doesn't make sense. (laughs) I mean, a lot of times I think when people think like where the mean people are, L.A. is definitely, definitely on that list. You think people are mean in L.A.? Yeah, for sure. And they're pretentious. Tell me. Oh, yes. Pretentious. But tell me where L.A. hurt you. Uh, Right in the parking meter. (laughs) You're saying the city is mean. Not the people. Yes. The people are the city. The city is the people. No. And the city is the government. Of, there's lots of... They're made up by the people. Voted by the people. Not really. Not okay. Really. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. When you were talking two weeks ago about your intro music being titled song number 27, it got me thinking. There's a very famous guitar player named Joe Walsh yes. that was a member of a famous famous bands such as the James Gang and the Eagles, mm-hmm. even writing some of the famous guitar solo in Hotel California. Mm-hmm. He also released a very popular and downright epic song called Funk Number no. 49. I'm sorry to say, Leia, there aren't many funk number 
there aren't any funk number one through 48. But that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Is it because it's seven by seven? Is that like a thing? It just... In music? Yeah. Yeah. The old seven by seven time code. <laughs> a real crowd pleaser. Well, why would it be number 49 then? I don't the, know. He just couldn't get to 50? Like, I don't... I don't know. Okay. But fun fact, he has been a ham radio operator since the late 60s, WB6ACU, and even put CW in between two songs on his Barnstorm record to tell people to register and vote, as well as on his solo album, Songs for a Dying Planet. He says, register and vote for me in CW. Well, this is almost becoming a trivia point. Wow, this is really wild. I'm going to tell you a really interesting thing that people might not know. About Joe Walsh? And Ham Nation. Yes. So before I took over Ham Nation, when mm -hmm. Bob was still the host, the intro music was performed by Joe Walsh. Right. And it features Morse code. Yes. And Joe Walsh has been a guest on Ham Nation multiple times. Right. Uh, before me, before mm -hmm. I took it over. Mm-hmm. And he is a friend of Bob Heil because of Bob Heil's involvement Heil in the music industry. And I, I believe Bob Heil made specialty microphones for Joe Walsh that eventually became a, a part of their standard line of, of microphones. Wow. So they're, they're actually quite good friends. And um, I mean, yeah, he's, he's an AM guy, too. He's like a boat anchor guy. Joe Walsh likes the big boat anchor radios, and he's got a, a decent amount of radios and gets on the air i hear occasionally uh, when he's not too busy but yeah so the inevitable question that comes up is josh why aren't you using that music is because i was not authorized to joe walsh and i don't have a relationship right bob has the approval to run that song right and if bob is not hosting it then he then that's it stays with bob right. that's kind of how right. i look at it plus you have your own musical best friend yeah, but he hasn't made one for. Ugh. Could you imagine? We'll do a juke, a juke song for, <laughs> to kick off foundation. That will be. That'll just light up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Alex continues. Field day twenty twenty two. My club hosted. Lo my host lo uh -oh. hosted located. Uh oh. You got a antique, universal translator issue. <laughs> antique Farm Museum in Colchester. <sighs> Here we go. Yeah, Connecticut. Connecticut. Colchester. 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 I just know that in Connecticut, they like to drop letters. I just don't know which letters to drop. <laughs> <laughs> which letters do I ignore? I don't know. <laughs> Colchester. That's what I'm going with. Took my... <laughs> what if it's just Colster? I bet it is. God. <laughs> Could it be just Colster? You just drop like half of the word yes. right in the middle? I bet it's Colster. It's probably Colster. Yeah. <sighs> it's Colster. Colster. No, you... that's Boston. Close enough for me. <laughs> it's much closer to them than we are. <laughs> I'm going back to Colchester because that's They're the going to love it. They're going to love it. Yep. I took my 2.5-year-old son, who is obsessed with farm and construction equipment, as well as my grandfather. While I didn't get a chance to operate, I was able to show my grandfather my radio passion. Mm. And while on the drive back home, I made an aeronautical contact on 146.52 megahertz. My grandfather was asking me all these questions about how it worked with the plane and how neat it was. 
I recognized that glimmer in his eye. Uh, And I struck while the iron was hot and suggested he get his ticket. So after he got his books from Gordo, he started studying for his tech test later that week. I also told him that I will go to the VE session with him and would try for my extra while he took his tech and possibly general. We took a road trip to the HRO in Salem, New Hampshire, about a two-hour drive, and he decided he needed a radio and was pretty stuck on the IC7300 because of what everybody says about them and also because I have one. While he was also studying for his general, I said, you should think more about the 991A due to his space restriction in his elderly living condo and the fact that it can do VHF, UHF with one radio. Yeah, but you still need two antennas. He obliged and purchased a brand new Yaesu FT-991A power supply diamond X300 antenna and the appropriate coax and window pass-through. All this before he got his ticket. Oh, boy. On the way back, he tells me he's getting an average of 95s on his tech practice tests. So with more than two weeks away from the VE session, I suggested he move on to the general material. Oh, nice. So the next weekend, we went to Home Depot to get the necessary hardware to install his antenna and connect everything. I tested the two meter, 70 centimeter antenna and was able to hit repeaters about 30 miles away on just five watts of power output, which is impressive given he is at sea level with large hills on other side of his QTH. I showed him how to operate the scan functions and other things he needed to listen to some local nets. So the big day finally comes. Nice. And we go to the VE session. Studying for my extra was a massive undertaking, but I was getting in the mid 80s constantly on my practice test. Oh, come on. You're going to pass. I took between 20 and 30 in the week leading up to the test. Mm -hmm. Once I opened the test, I immediately saw three questions in a row. I had no clue and quickly got the sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. You can miss those three. I finished to the best of my ability and waiting for the three VEs to grade my test. The session manager slowly walked over with a somber look on his face. As he walks up, he says, he is sorry to say that I passed my extra. Of course you did. <laughs> Congratulations. That's like, dad. That's like VE dad humor. They got to go, oh, sorry, son. You passed. Here's a bell thing. I know you're an extra, but here's a bell thing anyway. A pause while I bask in the rings like Nick Cage and Con Air. <laughs> my grandfather. Oh my God. The one where he. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly the scene you're talking about in Con Air. Oh my God. My grandfather, at the very young age of 86 years old, got the good news that he passed his tech. So now I am one of the very few that can say I inspired my grandfather to get into ham radio well, and not the other the way around. What happened with the general? I don't, I don't know. Did he oh, study it goes general? weird flex, but I know, but I'm rolling with it. He didn't pass his general, oh, unfortunately. Okay, that's all right. But he there. isn't discouraged. Good. He's going to study more and take the test again in a month with the same VE group. Hopefully this email didn't go on too many tangents. No, it's good. No, huge congrats to you and your grandfather. What, yeah. what a, a family that hams together, you know? Indeed. As Where's always, his dad in all this, though? What? Where's his dad in all this? I, 
I don't know. Not why isn't he getting? Why isn't he hamming it up? Well, he wasn't there. Well, sometimes people are very close with their grandparents. Mm -hmm. So you know, I was very close with the grandparents that passed away quite some time ago. You were. Nanny and Pop Pop? You were very close to them? Yeah. Oh. Pop Pop would yell at me constantly. <laughs> and Nanny would cook me food. <laughs> but, like, not into adulthood, you weren't close. This is adulthood closeness. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah I, okay. Okay. I can see where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah, no. There's a relationship there outside wow, of. Wow. That's some good relationship building they did <laughs> in that family. <laughs> <laughs> outside of uh needing to watch you as a child it's actually liking you as an adult mm. right and vice versa that's that's not always something that happens in families right you know what i mean yeah which is, i think is just so lovely oh it's amazing yeah. yeah of course as always i would like to thank the both of you for everything you do for the hobby 73 well thank you so much and that's alex k1 asm p.s thor is the strongest avenger even after the dumpster fire that was love and thunder hawkeye is the dude perfect guys of the mcu what is the dude perfect guys the dude oh wait you don't know who dude perfect is who's dude perfect it's it's like one of the legacy youtube channels that has been around forever they started out as the guys who would put up a basketball hoop in the middle of nowhere and they'd throw the ball as hard as they can and make it in and then they'd all run oh, and go like, oh yeah then it turned into like then they started having to go to like basketball courts okay like arenas uh-huh and from the top trick stands shots. it was trick shots and from the top stands throw a ball mm -hmm. wait We've got people who've emailed us that they go to the Dude Perfect show. I, I didn't remember that they were called Dude Perfect. It was Rob. Mm -hmm. And they had the big coffee cup. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Dude Perfect had a collaboration with Nerf to make a bow and arrow set. Oh. Nerf bow and arrow. Dude mm -hmm. Perfect branded Nerf bow and arrow. <laughs> so the Hawkeye, I get it. Perfect analogy. <sighs> Uh, so wait, so he said Thor and then who else? Hawkeye. Oh, he said that Love and Thunder was a dumpster fire. I believe you because we it. haven't watched it. Like literally nobody is talking about it. No one's talking about it. It's Ragnarok was the best Thor movie. No question. The best Thor. It's one of the best Marvel movies. I Straight used up. to have this like need to be like one of the first people to like me too have kind of knowledge about something it wasn't it wasn't that i needed to be the first to like watch it mm -hmm. it wasn't that it was just like no, I, I just wanted to know early. oh yeah you are the spoiler queen yeah i just want to know you will what just, happens we will literally be watching a movie together mm -hmm. and we're not even 20 percent into the movie and you're on your phone plot spoiling the movie. A part of it this is... This is literally Edison. This <laughs> is literally Edison mentality. Well, for me, a part of it is I have a theory about how it ends. And then... Well, why can't you just wait for the theory to play out? And and then when, like, as I do, as the plot starts unfolding, you're like, see? Ah, that's going to be a... Watch for that later. <laughs> right? You got to do that. You got to flex on people that way versus, like, I'm just going to sit on my phone and just spoil the whole thing. Horrible. But now, as that? I am, like, much busier, 
I am totally okay with just other... falling asleep at the twenty percent. <laughs> That's the general way we watch movies now. I'm totally okay watching the movies that only people that I trust have already watched and said is good. There are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I just don't, I don't I, have the patience to. I definitely was a. There was some point where I wanted to watch all the things. But then when it turned to like, you must like have HBO before having HBO was like an easy thing. Oh, it was Game like, of yeah, Thrones. It like Game of Thrones. Like that kind of stuff broke me because I'm not, I didn't have, I haven't had, we were very early on the cutting the cable. And phone lines. World. Like we, we were, were like right out the shoot. When we yeah. got this house. No, when we were, when we had the apartment, mm -hmm. we were like, we're not doing any of this. I think we yeah. had cable for a little while and we're like, this is a nightmare. Like, this is a nightmare situation. We got to call these people every six months to threaten to quit so they'll give us an actual decent price. Right. Like, who has time for this? I, I don't want to do this. And I just don't need to watch TV that bad. Right. I, we like, ended up yeah. actually doing things. Like, or, you know, YouTube videos or whatever. Like, yeah. it, it just... But actually, no now with all the streaming that, services, it's I'm, easy. I, it's easy, but I'm pretty sure we're paying, like, equivalent to what we were paying for cable at around the time that we but quit it's cable. easy without having to do all this dumb negotiation over how much the box that we rented that's in our home oh, costs no. so disgusting so ridiculous yeah so dumb all right well thank you so much alex i i'm excited for you and your grandfather time and agree with Me you too. about hawkeye um not necessarily agree with you about thor he's but about strongest. hawkeye well he's He's one of, and he can't be stronger than the Hulk. Exactly. By pure, yeah. By canon alone. All right. Although technically in Ragnarok, Thor like beats up Hulk. Seems unlikely. But then um, Ian Malcolm shocks him. Yeah. Um, seems uh, racist, actually. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> he's a person of color being green. <laughs> All right. You know that like his normal human form is a white person so can he call himself a person of color when he's hulk because bruce, Are you saying is, a bruce white banner guy. is white because straight up mark ruffalo is not white what is he <laughs> he i think he's some form of latino or <laughs> we're pausing <laughs> all right mark ruffalo is italian and french canadian so he is a person of color is what you're saying Mm. Are Italian I, I think Italians are probably as close color. as you can get being in the European area to that. I think textbooks. Well, Spain. Very yeah. interesting. Uh -huh. So um, I know you would say people from Mexico and native people are people mm. of color. Mm -hmm. A lot of Spaniards aren't necessarily considered that in some cases interesting they're anglos this is a rabbit hole i'm not qualified you want, you to want go to say, down you want to make some hot no. takes land you no. want you want some hot takes not on this <laughs> but the hulk person of color i think he is yeah because he's literally green yeah even though he's technically bruce banner he is inside. i mean he's not a primary color <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> he's a secondary color <laughs> Well played, right. well played. Way to defuse that one. The next email is titled 
mobile HF and Basecamp HF radio setup. And this is from Dakota. Hey, Leia and Josh. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wanted to start by saying thanks for all the effort you two put into the podcast. You're welcome. It is full of great information and hours of listening pleasure. L- literally. <laughs> well, thank we hope you we so get much. hours out of five hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can get two hours yeah. of listening, mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. enjoyment mm-hmm. out of five. Right. That's better than most podcasts, I'll say. I have only been a ham for eight months, but I have my VHF UHF set up done in my truck and a kit set up for our base camp when we were camping far outside any kind of cellular range. Mm. I'm very interested and curious about installing an HF radio into my truck, if that would be something that is actually usable. And... Uh, at the same time, would be curious on recommended setup to use the base camp to attempt to have communications to someone back home for hiking. What are your thoughts on ha- having HF on vehicles? And what would you recommend as a starting radio and antenna setup? Power supply isn't an issue when off grid. My budget would be ideally somewhere in the 1500 antenna range, oh, wow. but could push further to 2500 if the extra cost would be worth it. For an extra bit of information, we are generally in very mountainous areas of British Columbia. We can run welding equipment and have large amounts of power. Okay. Well, one, thank you for the budget. Appreciate that. There was something he said in there, though, that is going to make this possibly difficult, that he wanted something in the truck and then something that he could use at the base camp. Leah? What's that? Well, so he mentioned that he wanted to run radio from his truck, but then also have something for the base camp. Do you think it's safe to assume he means that it's the same radio? Yes. Or two radios? I think it's one radio. It's an HF radio in the truck that would be something usable at the same time to set up at base camp. Okay. So then he's looking for something that is luggable can connect to a car and then connect to wherever he's going to be at in the base camp mm-hmm. okay so that changes things let me give you the the answer for if it was just going to be a permanently installed hf radio in the car right you you basically have two options here from my point of view the yesu ft891 or the icom ic7100 okay the latter gives you both vhf uhf and hf uh, frequencies, which could be good for some people. Uh, and then the 891 is kind of like the POTA darling. Most people who are very active on Parks on the Air pick up the 891 because it is a very easy radio to lug around and still get 100 watts output. There are very few radios that that have that capability. Okay, so if you want to be able to lug the radio from your truck uh, and then into the base camp, into whatever... You have a couple ways to go, um, but your general solution is still probably going to be a 100-watt radio. The problem you might find is that when you're driving, a radio that isn't mounted in such a way that you can use it on the dashboard is actually kind of dangerous to play around with. Mm -hmm. Like if it's sitting on the seat next to you, sliding around, Mm -hmm. you can just go flying off the seat, break itself, or you could be reaching down, screwing around with it and get yourself into an accident. Mm -hmm. So I'm not actually a fan of this generally, um, but if you promise to be careful, 
You could still do the FD-891. I, I didn't hear him promise. Oh, okay. You're going to just you, wait until he comes back and prompts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, okay, we got to go. Uh, the FT-891 will pack up into one body. So, like, it, the head unit will slap or snap onto the side of it. Actually, it is more of a slap action, if I remember correctly, <laughs> um, to, to get it back onto the onto the body of the radio. Is that a skibbity-pap? It, it, you give it a, one skibbity-pap, and the, the head unit locks onto the, uh, onto the body. But you can still go down the road of, like, a 7300 or a larger radio at that point because, again, you're still just going to take it into the base camp, which is not going to be that far away from where you're at. So, kind of... If you stay within the realm of a smaller entry-level base station, you're probably fine. The problem, obviously, is there is that you can never, like, leave it in your car. It's never properly installed in your vehicle, and you'll always have to connect and disconnect the Why antenna. Why can't you do that mobile um, relay thing? Mobile relay thing? Yeah, where, like, the one radio stays in the car. Mm-hmm. And then you use another radio somewhere. That's else. generally VHF UHF. Mm. I think what you're talking about is crossband repeat. Yes. Yeah. That's generally VHF UHF. There are some capabilities to do that with HF, but it's not like it's not like what it used to be. There were radios that actually would would support that capability. Kenwood made one, for instance. Uh, mm. Not really a thing so much anymore. Uh, as far as antennas go. You know, there's really nothing wrong on HF if you want to get started with it to see if you like it and how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go relatively inexpensively to get yourself a good mag mount um, and a bunch of hamsticks for different bands and then tune them up appropriately. So put the mag mount on your car, tune them up accurately by adjusting the stinger, um, the tip of the whip and uh, vertically adjusting its length. That will let you tune it to the frequency that you want to be resonant on. That is probably the cheapest way to go. If you want something more expensive and more permanent, you likely need to go the screwdriver route. For screwdrivers, there are a ton. The ones that come to mind, if you go with the FT891, is going to be the ATOS 120. It's the most out-of-the-box, um, easy to use with the radio. But generally with that antenna, your grounding and bonding needs to be very, very good. You need to do a really good job of electrically connecting everything, including the bed to the frame, the cab to the frame, the doors, etc. from my experience, to make it the, the best capable antenna possible, right? A couple of other brands, Tar Heel and Scorpion make in that order. Tar Heel is less expensive, okay quality. Scorpion is much more expensive very high quality antennas very highly regarded also they're very robust that is a, a lot of info there there's really um i have a couple of videos live streams on talking about mobile radios and antennas and building shacks out of cars and all that stuff um, your problem really comes into having something that's easy to take out of the vehicle and then into the base camp mm -hmm. radios generally aren't like really designed to do that you could always go the qrp route and go with like a 705 705 actually has an under mount uh tripod mount or you know they have a four screw connector i don't know what exactly what exactly it's called but they make quick releases for that so you could actually do a 705 on a quick release and just plug the antenna into it and then you could charge it off of a cigarette adapter for dc and it would charge the internal battery i know there's a couple people that do that and they enjoy it I personally don't love that concept, but for you, that might work out fine because then you've got a, 
a nice radio that will do HF and VHF, UHF when you go to the, um, the campsite. But you'll be on QRP, 10 watts. So keep that in mind. All right. Well, Dakota says, thank you for your thoughts. P.S. A small merch idea would be branded gear ties or gear bags to keep the odds and ends together for setting up your equipment on the go. Branded gear bags. We have talked about this. Yeah, <laughs> we have. Uh, but thank you for the suggestion. Mm -hmm. 73VA7XDW Dakota. Well, hopefully you got some good recommendations for what you're looking for, Dakota. Thank you for the email. The next email is titled Further Clarification, and this oh, is yes. from Russ. Thank you, Russ. Hello, Josh and Leia. First off, Leia, XVCR is shorthand for sorts of transceiver. However, the old 2001 Sony VAIO was not connected to the Matrix or internet. It was running an old, old, old build of Windows XP that didn't really care for USB devices hanging off all of its ports. What? what I meant by it wouldn't transmit was when I clicked the tune button in the FL Digi, it wouldn't key the radio. Now I could key the rig via a key or mic and confirmed that the jumpers in the signal stick were jumpered to the radio. It was just too old of a computer and the OS to make anything work. That makes sense. Update as of Saturday, I placed a Dell Optiplex 780 running Windows 10 Pro and everything started working. I even installed WSJTX, but couldn't really figure out how to make it work until today. I also learned that the MFJ IntelliTuner sucks as it can't tune for censored. I am now working with the state's ham MCOM person to coordinate the station and possibly make it a RMS gateway. Mm, for Winlink. Anyhow, gotta run 73 Russ KC5 CNT. That is our purveyor of all things maple. Mm -hmm. P.S. Tell Josh that New Mexico loves D Star to give him more Ooh. reason to come back to New Mexico. I love New Mexico. Plus, I'm persuading the EOC manager to get the EOC on with D Star. What's the what's the and there's a picture. For New Mexico, there's the a land picture of enchantment. Look at what's happened here. Oh, I love that. I think I think I've seen that shack before. I think you're confused. It's the land of hatch chilies. That's it. That's... What? <laughs> well, I'm glad you got that worked out. I am excited to hear how it all goes with that EOC manager. The next email is titled. Wait, hold on, hold on. We didn't. Um, oh. So I appreciate you giving us the backstory on the yes. laptop. Uh huh. Thank you for providing that. And if anybody has a question going forward where you're like not on Windows 10, <laughs> if you're running some like ancient computer and ancient operating system, uh, that would be helpful to know. Ancient's mm. probably the wrong word. That's not meant to be derogatory. Uh, but yeah, keep that in mind. I mean, it was an old build of Windows XP. <laughs> yeah. So. What are we on now? Like 13? 11. Is it? Windows takes a long time to come up. The official state slogan for business, commerce, and industry in New Mexico is everybody is somebody in New Mexico. Wow. Hmm. That's very inclusive. Then where's... Land of Enchantment might be Disneyland. <laughs> just like New Mexico. Just, just like it. 
They got castles. They got princesses. <laughs> okay. All right. The next email is titled, Faulty Well Pump Has Been Vanquished. And this is from Nick. I've been waiting for this. Yes. Okay. I want to hear. The noise. Well, but you don't know. The noise. Maybe. Maybe. That. Maybe. <laughs> Read the email, Leah. Hello, Hamily. Last week, I wrote in about my well pump going bad and making noise. I have put my 7300 back in my house and turned it on. I was on the 20 meter band and there was sweet silence. Oh, S0 man. S0 to S1 noise. I am so happy for you. That is great to hear. I was hearing as I was as if I was in the middle of nowhere doing a poda. I was overjoyed I, oh. until... I flipped over to 40 meters, although it's immensely improved. It still picks up at S3 to S5. You stop complaining. <laughs> Good God. You went from a non-working radio <laughs> with no noise on 20 meters. You'll have to excuse Josh. And he S3 is just very jealous. 40, I am, I am, S3 yes. is a good day S3 for Josh. S3 is insane on 40 meters. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all is not lost. 80 and 20 are near silent. 80, 80 being from the low noise. is insane. That's so, I, okay. <laughs> straight up, straight up then. Okay. So straight up, straight up. You're so upset. I am, but I'm still going to try and help this in ungrateful so-and-so. So and Nick. So and Nick. <laughs> Nick and so. Nick and so. All right. The fact that 80 is good and 20 is good makes me feel like there is probably a noise generator in your home. Mm. Put it on 40, find the highest intensity of noise on 40, and DF that sucker. Get out there, start pulling breakers, and figure out where it's at. There you go. Do it. You're, you're, you're so close. I can live with 40 being a little no, noisy. No, now you go fix it. <laughs> You go fix that. You get everything you to get, S0. You get you know what it could be now. You go <laughs> fix it. You get out there. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do and having me think outside the box. Sincerely, Nick, KC1, PBW, the peanut butter wizard. I think it was like <laughs> Billy Madison or something. He's like, no, you get out there and you find that effing dog. <laughs> It was something like that. It's like you get out there and you find that effing noise. <laughs> you know, Nick, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> just what? don't don't mind Josh. Oh, I'm he's hurt just, by noise. He's, I just I just want to win. Even for him. I just want to win. I need because to win. Josh will never get there. I'll <laughs> never get there. <laughs> I'm the guy who he like wants, literally. He wants I hear you. power. There's the power outage. Everybody goes, "Aw," and I'm like, "Yes, yes, let's go! <laughs> Get on the air right now!" <laughs> All right, the next email is titled "Some Radios and Game Boy," uh -oh. and this is from Alfred. Here we go. This is uh, Alfred is Jessica's son, mm -hmm. a part of the Jessica Matt fam. Mm -hmm. Dear Leah and Josh, today I'm going to tell you about our vacation in D.C. Okay. Do you remember when Jessica went to D.C. and then Matt had to stay home and make grilled cheese sandwiches? <laughs> I bet he's perfected the grilled cheese sandwiches. Yeah, absolutely. 
<laughs> so at one museum, we saw a Morse code beeper thing. See mom's picture. Yep. <laughs> we also saw a secret service radio. Oh, on... okay. I'm just going to here. Wait, there's me... a picture of the secret service radio. Yeah. You have to show me that. <laughs> That's the secret service radio. Hold on. What, what are you showing? Oh, I, I don't know. I guess maybe there are pictures in Jessica's email. Okay. okay. I will I will take a look at that. Uh, on our first day in D.C., we went to the Arlington National Cemetery. It was super cool. We saw stuff like Abraham Lincoln's wife and sons. On, I mean, like their, their wow. gravestones. Right? <laughs> like we're not talking about a haunting or something. <laughs> it's like really casual. You're like, oh. Hello, Mrs. Lincoln. <laughs> this is like almost headless Nick, like floating around in Hogwarts. I've never been to Arlington National Cemetery. Neither have so I. I've never had the time. It could be genuinely this way. <laughs> you just Leia, that's bordering line insensitive. Let's that there's come on. It's sensitive to say that insensitive. In, insensitive to say that there are ghosts at Arlington that are tourist attractions. No, I didn't say that. You said they're just floating around. Well, they're like... not being paid to be there and be some kind of tourist trap. They're just haunting the cemetery. That's this where is, they are. This is also insensitive of the ghost unions. Oh, my God. They will go on strike. <laughs> will they get a rest if they go on strike? I don't know. Well, can they rest their souls? Leah, it's the only option they have for negotiation. Wow. Okay. Just just lucky union. <laughs> That is that is the way. Mm-hmm. On our second day, we went to the Holocaust Museum and they changed it. It used to be you take a card with you and you find out if your person lived or not at the end. Yep. Now the card tells you. Well, what what's the point of that? Because people be trying to plot spoil it on their phones <laughs> 20, 20% through the museum. <laughs> but that's... Okay, that's experiential. Okay. That's... I appreciate that. I bet you, okay, I'm not this now, this might be insensitive. As I bet you they might have got complaints from people that had like like tons of anxiety going through the museum whether they lived or died. That is the point. I get it, Leia. That is I literally I understand. Like, yes, I get it, but that doesn't mean people won't complain. Like the Museum of Tolerance? Mm-hmm. That whole museum is made to make you feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. about the realities of history about not too distant history right no i am 100 percent in agreement why I, would you take away the Leia, fundamental I powerful aspect Leia, I didn't why did this. you do this i didn't do this why I Josh, didn't do this you have to fix it okay i, I really like go the, and white out all of the answers i really like the incredible hulk exhibit that i added <laughs> what because he's a person of color that's, that is insensitive. <laughs> We've completely got off rails. The Hulk would not be in the Holocaust Museum. I know, Leia. It was a joke, Leia. Who would be, though? Is there a Jewish superhero in the Marvel MCU? I'm sure there is. Mm. Yeah, Magneto. That's right. Yeah, what that took me way too long to remember too that. Too long, because there's an entire storyline related yes. to Nazis. Yeah, the uh, the story of him punching out Red Skull is one of my favorite comic book stories. 
just well not really punching him out but i guess brutalizing him with metal mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. we also saw a train and got excited and then mom told me and emma that it was a sad train oh what is it it's the train car for the holocaust museum oh i'm guessing oh i i thought that they were going somewhere else and they saw another train. Okay, that is extremely sad. The second place we went to was in the Library of Congress and it was super cool. There was art everywhere. And I mean everywhere. There was art on the floor, ceilings and walls. I really need to go to DC. This is ridiculous. Somebody should pick up These the are... art that's on the floor. These are... you can't be just leaving art lying around. <laughs> I, I just, I want to see this. Before they keep changing things DC to make is them a magical place. If you have time, like to go on vacation, that would be wonderful. I would love to do that. Let's and you go. have time to drive through the traffic. We also got to see some of Thomas Jefferson's six thousand four hundred and eighty-seven books. That's a lot of books. He had that house. On our last day, we went to the American History Museum, which took a whole day. My favorite thing we saw there was a Game Boy which is one of my favorite consoles. Oh. I just think old technology is fascinating. <laughs> just Josh just like gut shot. <laughs> like, oh. It's a it's DMG like, too. It's the it's the first gen. It's the first one. It's like My sister and I both had them. Man, we we played I played so much Game Boy as a kid. I when whenever you we know, were in the car, have I played etchings Game of this in uh caveman walls mm -hmm. is this your attempt at a joke that's <laughs> be funny just such amazingly old technology you know how you could have made that joke good is like they have etchings of these they were printed on a, a, a machine as they called it a fax <laughs> and they would send etchings to each other i think some people still use fax machines lawyers yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff is e-filed now for lawyers. Oh, thank God. Yeah. All right, so Alfred continues, and we also saw a little bit of the natural the National History Museum. Me and Mom saw the dinos and ocean life, and we took photos of us in Megatooth Shark Jaw. And Emma and Mimi, Grandma, went to see the dinos and mammals. And that is what we did on vacation. Sincerely, Alfred. Alfred, that's a wonderful story. Thank you. What a great trip. You have inspired me. I am taking my children. Not me, though. <laughs> <laughs> taking them and going. If I take you, you're going to try to find a way to tune the National Monument or something. Josh Just... is in jail. <laughs> For trying to tune up the Washington Monument. Just going around different monuments. What? It's a vertical antenna. Look at it. <laughs> Try to tune up uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> the ghost of Abraham Lincoln? No, 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 no. The statue. At the Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Try to tune that Josh's up. Josh's on the wings of the Enola Gay trying to tune it up. <laughs> Wait, they didn't go to the Smithsonian? I uh, didn't say so. Oh, no. Um, I don't know. I guess if there was a toss up, I would. I would have to, I would have to go to the Smithsonian. That, that would be the museum I would have to hit. 
Right. First because and there's that dinosaur that acts like a dog. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, following up with Alfred is his mother, Jessica. Okay. And this email is titled HP and DC. Hewlett Packard. <laughs> I went Harry Potter and like DC Comics. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's good too. Dear Leia and the Josh. LG, what the LG full name is? LG. You know the. Life's good. No. That's what? their that's their slogan. Oh. Lucky Gold Star. Warning, this email goes back, um, I think, to podcasts because my ADHD brain forgot to actually hit send. Just chilling in my traps. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So despite its reputation. I've done that so many times. How, how many times? I've done that where like I will complete an email and then I'll leave it like just somewhere on the desktop mm. on the stack of windows because I use expose even in windows. Mm-hmm. Do you use that? No. Where you push the button and it like explodes all the windows into smaller windows. And never. you click the one, it goes whoop, right back in. My ADHD could never. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have the, the messy, messy ADHD. <laughs> I just throw everything on the desktop and like let the button sort it out. <laughs> so despite its reputation, Slytherin is a great house. You get no argument from either one of us. Yeah, Slytherins are fine. Here are some nice Slytherins. Horace Slughorn, Albus Potter, Phineas Black, Letta Lestrange, Regulus Black, and one of the most powerful wizards that everyone knows, Merlin. What? Merlin's a Slytherin? What? Is that true? What? Merlin went to... Wait, wait, wait. What? I am a proud Slytherin. Matt and Alfred are also Slytherin. Emma isn't old enough to take the test on Pottermore yet, and she gets sorted at 11. Okay, so if you love the Slytherin House of Black thing, there is a YouTube channel. Uh, I forgot the name of the creator, but it's uh, House of Black, and it's just a series of TikToks, actually, that has multiple seasons that goes through the backstory of the entire like house of black are they just making this stuff up yes oh they took a fan fiction okay and they made it to videos that are so insanely beautiful they're good they are so good really yes highly recommend uh i think it's made by a beauty queen in utah (laughs) um it's very well done so I didn't okay so the the timeline doesn't make any sense to me but it says early life Merlin was born sometime during the medieval area era during his formative years he attended Hogwarts and was sorted into Slytherin house it is possible that he was taught by Salazar Salazar Slytherin himself I didn't think that the timeline went back that far how old is Hogwarts Hogwarts? like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense the middle ages right the dark ages Uh, this is a deep dive that i need to take i cannot pay attention to it right now yeah this is like what is the actual timeline of hogwarts yeah it's gonna be some crazy zelda timeline oh man so during the last couple of days of my isolation last week i lost the cobra don't worry 
I'm sure my kids will oh, find it, as they seem to have a knack for finding all the, things I the lose. Cobra. Is that what we're calling it now? <laughs> Edit. Since I wrote this email, Matt found the cobra during his isolation. <laughs> I'm glad somebody found it. So Josh mentioned soup while I was sick. I'm not actually a huge fan of soup. I'll only eat it if I'm wicked sick. <laughs> wicked Matt, sick. I'm wicked sick, bruh. Matt did make me some ramen on my first day of isolation. Uh-huh. You know what? I do love a good bowl of ramen. Do, do you not qualify ramen as a soup? I think she means like instant ramen. Yeah, but I'm asking you. Like if you go to a Japanese restaurant that makes ramen. Yeah, that is, that is a soup? that's a noodle dish to me. That is a noodle dish that stand stands under its own name. It is yeah. ramen. It is the noodle. Is the dish pho is... soup? No, pho is pho. It pho has a pho. soup. The point of pho is the noodles. Okay. The broth is like a sauce. <laughs> it's a, I'm getting it's angry a, now. I wasn't angry, sauce. but that, that one line really just started to set me over the edge. <laughs> Sauce. Of course, Yo, dog, it's a that's soup. A lot of sauce it's a you noodle got on your soup. What? Ramen doesn't have to be a noodle soup. Like, are all ramen? Sukaymen ramen is not soup. Sukaymen is not soup. Sukaymen's not soup at all because you dip it into it's a dry sauce. and dip and dippable. It is not dry. Sukaymen is dry. Th that ramen is cooked, my dear. I didn't say it was raw. I said it was dry. <laughs> it's it's full of moisture in the noodle. It's not dry. It's not a souped noodle, though. I know. It's a noodle you dip. It's like uh, soba. Soba is a yes, noodle that is cooked. you wouldn't call soba a I soup. I wouldn't call it dry. I wouldn't say, here, take these soba dry... Soba is dry. No, it's what, a dry what are you noodle. talking about? If I said, take these noodles and, and dip them into the sauce, and that's all you need to do, then take a bite. You have to cook the noodle. I didn't say so raw. So if I said, take these dry, these dry noodles... They're not dry. They're they're full of moisture. If you left them for for forty eight hours, they would become dry again. I okay. I understand what you're saying. They're full of water. They're they're hydrated. They're hydrated. They're not dry. They're the they're they're actually the antithesis of dry. They're they're fully wet. But they're not souped. Is what I'm saying. They're not floating in a in a in a sauce as you call it, but I would call a broth. Yes. There, sukaymen doesn't sit in a broth. I know, I'm, but it's not also a dry noodle. Okay, that's fair. Anyways, <laughs> pho is a noodle soup. So generally, noodle dishes that are of Asian whatever, if it comes in a bowl and has a broth, it is a soup. Sure. It is most defined, though, by mm -hmm. its name that was given to it by the people that made it pho sure. and ramen udon mm -hmm. whatever okay but it would be it would classify as a soup sure but in my mind when you're talking about instant ramen that's not a soup i guess it depends on what you how you make it because there's some okay instant matt ramen. tell us how you made made it and okay. the world decide now, on whether or not that's a soup <laughs> now, now i'm aggressively going down the rabbit hole here there are some instant noodle soups if you want to call them ramen, that are not souped that specifically say add the seasoning packet to the full quantity of water and cook the noodles in that. That is a soup. That is a soup. If you're talking about like Korean spicy challenge noodles, that specifically is not a soup. Yeah, I would really like some of those right now. We have like one in the garage, a red pack one. 
Man, red that pack sounds too. really good right now. So that one, you drain almost all the water off of it. And then you add the extremely spicy sauce to it. Mm-hmm. And then toss it up with right. a little bit of heat. The water actually dilutes the sauce. The, the making water it makes worse. it less spicy. <laughs> which is, nobody wants that. They want full intensity of heat. Spicy challenge noodles are the best. Is it Bulldog? Bull? No. Bulldog? Bull... No. Bulldog is another Burdak? brand. Burdak? You're just going to have to make it right now and find out. No. That's... <laughs> All right. So, sorry, Jessica. <laughs> I'm also not a huge fan of frozen meals. I'm a very picky eater. You know what? I don't like frozen meals either. No, it's 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 Bulldak. I was right. It is? I don't think I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's Bulldak. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. It cannot be. But Sam Yang is the company that... Sam Yang. Sam Young. Yeah. But they have bull dak. Is, dak is chicken. Okay. In Korean. Okay. So bull, I'm guessing, is dumb spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't it be noodles? Because it's spicy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we're both right in that one. Wow. So- <laughs> we're both right. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, I eat frozen French bread pizza, fine, but like the meals, they just don't taste right. I haven't had a French bread pizza. A, a hot Stouffer's right out of the oven? You got that toaster oven. Oh, no, we don't have a toaster oven. No. Why would we have a toaster oven? That's like when makes did... the best uh, French bread pizza. Why can't I just put it in a regular oven? You can. Or an air fryer. Mm. Mm. What? Mm. This is such a strange hill to die on, my I'm guy. not dying. I'm That's sure it's a, fine. Which was well, such a strange hill to condescend to. <laughs> <laughs> to condescend on. Yeah. All right. Matt cannot do the laundry. He always messes up my laundry. Putting Matt out. <laughs> like, Matt, I don't know, man. <laughs> he always messes up my laundry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, Matt here. So I feel this is an extreme accusation. I can do the laundry. I just don't separate all things. I just do my own regular shirts and jeans and, yes, even cargo pants along with other necessities of clothing. So my laundry has always just been throw it in the washer on cold water, put detergent in, and just run the dryer on high. I don't need to change water temperature or hang things. So I can do laundry. I just don't pay attention to the little tag with the symbols. Now, speaking of which, I'm going to do the laundry right now. Back to Jessica's email. I will say I stopped buying things that will shrink or felt. Uh, specifically, wool and mm-hmm. cashmere. Always ends up wool is a cash. It, cashmere is a wool. Those always seem to get mixed in with something. And then you end up with a sweater for the children. <laughs> a very thick sweater. Very thick. Yes. <laughs> I... um. Yeah, yeah, I I hear you on that because I have definitely fallen victim to that one. But at the same time, most colors and stuff, like I don't, I kind of mix it all in. I will say I do a a good, I do like to keep the the white towels separate. Yes. And when so we we can bleach them. So we can bleach them. Yeah. Or the the linens, like the Mm -hmm. bed linens. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually ruined a couple of my very expensive over the boulder shoulders over-the-shoulder boulder holders washing the laundry (laughs) 
That can, yes, I can see that. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I like it when you put like, if you've got a bag, that you yes. put them all into. Mm -hmm. I think that's like, it's the best. The best. Yeah. yeah. But you've got to be able to pull it out of the laundry. And not dry them. Yeah. You don't dry those. You don't dry them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that must be really weird wearing them when they're wet like that. <laughs> Seems uncomfortable. <laughs> Neither. Oh. <laughs> Just like the noodles. Neither one of us lost Do you like a dry bra? <laughs> or a fully hydrated bra? <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, neither one of us lost our sense of taste, so that was good. I didn't either. I did not give him the same menu during his isolation. You should have just <laughs> grilled cheeses and make them like super thin, so you could slide them under the door. It's yeah. like a hockey puck. <laughs> One night we ordered out, there was slow cooker chicken, cheeseburgers, hamburger helper. I was too tired from being at work to make anything. And pork chops. Jessica, how do you stop the hamburger helper from getting mushy or gooey? Gummy. Gummy was Gummy, yes. Moving along to Leia's preparedness corner about emergency, what would you do for the people who come asking for things? There is only one neighbor who I would help, and that's because I've known him and his wife for 24 years. His wife has declined medically over the past few years, and I would help them in a heartbeat if they needed it. The rest? Oh, that's nice. Shoot on sight. <laughs> <laughs> now we get to the happenings during my vacation. Mm-hmm. So we had something hilarious happen. Well, I thought it was funny, but my mom and kids looked at me while I was crazy. Looked at me like I was crazy. One of our Uber drivers showed up to pick us up in a Toyota Sienna. <laughs> all, I, all I could think about was it showing up in a pickup line during a tsunami. But it was a tornado that was driving it. Yeah, they they got to make ends meet. <laughs> Thanks for that, that imagery that's forever stuck in my brain. While in D.C., surprisingly, despite careful looking, we did not find many radio-related things in the museums. We went to Arlington National Cemetery, where we got to see the changing of the guards, the Library of Congress, where we got to see all of Thomas Jefferson's books. He owned over 6,000. You know what? Jessica Alfred gave us the exact number. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and man, does that make me feel like I'm slacking? Jessica, you don't need over six thousand books. I promise. <laughs> That's well. You gotta bet that you gotta buy that house. You need the book you house. You need the book house. You'd have to move to California. Not everybody wants to do that. It's true, but the first thing you do is move to California. The first thing you do, yeah. If you have, well, then and then you, you remove move the whoever books. bought that house. <laughs> you must get the house. You, you have to have that. a book off. <laughs> And then you got to hope that after you move to California and remove these people from, from the house, mm -hmm. that they didn't remove the shelves. <laughs> I have a first edition Tom Sawyer that I saved from getting destroyed. By? The schools. The schools. <laughs> okay. All right. 
on the very depressing side, we did go to the Holocaust Museum. Everyone picked up one of those bio cards you get at the beginning about someone that was in a concentration camp or maybe someone who made it out of the ghettos during that time. My person, my mother's person, and Emma's person all died. Alfred was the only one that got someone who survived. Wow. Is that the actual rate of survival? No, oh, yeah, right? It's, it's ridiculously low. Wow. When we went to the American History Museum, that took a lot longer to walk around than we thought. We were there for over five hours and still didn't get to see everything because one of the exhibits was closed. I didn't end up getting to take my radio test before leaving for this trip because someone, <coughs> Matt, <coughs> didn't tell me there was some number I needed before I can even sit for the test, which I have already forgotten what it's called. Matt here, it's the FRN, which in my defense, I didn't need to pre-register for when I, when I tested in person. My brother-in-law ordered a GMRS license a few weeks ago before he tested, so he had an FRN when he did that. Jessica is the first person I personally dealt with who did not have an FRN, so I forgot to give it much thought. But I raise a counter question that she has spoken with anyone on the VE team in the Discord. I don't think she has. But back to proofreading, and now from more from Jessica. <laughs> the The proofreading has turned into commentary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Matt is uh, resting his case. <laughs> I've included the three close to radio things I found in the museums. One is an older thing used for Morse code. The second is an old Secret Service radio. And the third is set up with some soldering equipment. Mm. A setup. So here you go. Okay. What's Ooh. that first picture, Josh? That's Morse code key. It's really pretty. It's like brassy and wood. They should make ones that look like this more. They do. Yeah. What? Look at that. There's like a Simon up there. That's sweet. All right. The frequency counter and an oscilloscope. That says Ralph H. Bear. Nice. Okay. That's really cool. Look at that. I'd love, I would want to go work in there. Like, can I go? What's that? A radio? Is it... It's a radio, Leia. I know, but what's the significance of this radio? It's a, oh, it's a special agent radio. Secret special... Service radio. Agent man. <laughs> they said secret. secret service, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jessica continues. It was mentioned if I was possibly going to DC for the foliage because Josh, you said your father liked to go there for that. We still have like, well, he does or someone does uh, leaves that he picked up in DC that he put in books and brought oh, them wow. back. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere to see the seasons change the foliage, then I recommend you going to Vermont in the fall. The leaves changing are amazing. If you want to go to D.C., go in the spring so you can see over 3,000 Sakura trees in bloom. Cherry Sakura blossom. trees are cherry, yeah. yeah. Sign no, we're going to Jessica, go to Japan. We're going to go to Call sign yeah. to come. P.S. We have no fire extinguishers in our apartment. None? We should probably invest in a couple. What do you plan on doing? Just turn on the kitchen sink and hope the spray nozzle makes the distance? She's just got a big, like, Hudson cabinet full of flour. That's not good either in some cases. What? <laughs> it's like the whole sweet and low thing. 
Sweet Chariot? No, Sweet and Low. <laughs> not Swing Low. I am so tired. <laughs> I am literally having a hard time focusing. I, th- I think at one point in the podcast, I was like, excuse me, what did you say? <laughs> excuse me? I'm the only one here. What was that again? No, so if you, um, this was like a Mythbusters thing, right? There was a grain silo, a silo explosion that, that like just decimated a whole area, right? If you get a certain uh, aeration of certain mm. types of things, uh, flour, sweet and low is a big one, sawdust, it will actually ignite and like create a massive fireball. Whoa. Yeah, so that's not always the right thing to do. A lot of times it is, but not always the right time, right thing. All right, Jessica, thank you for sharing with us your DC vacation. Good luck on your test and get a fire extinguisher like now. Like right if you haven't already gotten one, please go right meow. Get two. Yes. <laughs> one for the kitchen and then one for your like your side of the bed. For if yeah. you wake up, somebody screams fire. Mm-hmm. You pick that up. And you hit him on the head with and you <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> It's a First Amendment violation. <laughs> what? <laughs> that did it? Just... Don't be violating the First Amendment in my house. No, I just love sleep so much. <laughs> Because I woke you up from sleeping because something was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (sighs) All right. The next email is titled ICS, like watching paint dry. And this is from Doug. Hi, Leanne, Josh. ICS. Oh, (laughs) ice cream social. That's nothing like that. Leia, I could tell you got excited when I talked about ICS Form 205 and filling out ICS forms during our team's last exercise. I've included a link to FEMA's ICS forms. There you can see all the forms, which are actually fillable online. You can do it for fun. Also, if you wish, you can download the ICS forms booklet. The forms are most important to try to keep in order in a chaotic emergency situation. These forms are for accountability and financial reimbursement. (laughs) That's amazing. All those things are just right up Leia's alley. (laughs) During the aftermath of the event, people need to know who made what decision, who requested what assets, and what work was actually done, and how long did it take. Each agency will likely send a bill for time, supplies, etc. They will include ICS Form 214, which is a breakdown of all actions that happened during that time period. Also, undoubtedly, there will be legal action taken, and these forms help with accountability. Huh, interesting. 
All that being said, Josh has mentioned a digital suite called FL Digi. This in itself is really cool when it comes to different digital modes. But buried in FL Digi is a program called FL MSG. This. <laughs> mm, so good. I like MSG, so. Mm hmm. This program allows messages to be sent via FL Digi. Mm -hmm. It includes ARRL radiograms, Red Cross, and hospital forms, general messages, and yes, ICS forms. We can have someone in the EOC with a computer connected to a radio and someone in the field with similar setup can send a form ICS 213, which is simply a general message form. Yes. That could be anything from the sit rep to a quick note saying, hey, we could all use some water since it would be in a form that could not be that could be saved or printed and included with our agency's documents to emergency management. That can save a lot of time and be much more accurate rather than doing reports after the fact. We also can use that in the field. We have someone at our response trailer with a radio or computer. And again, a team member can send a message from the field. Anyone who is set up to run FT8 is already set up to do this. Mm -hmm. Even better, you can send this over two meter FM. It doesn't have to be HF. All of these modes don't care if you use HF, VHF, SSB, FM, whatever. And you don't have to have special equipment. You need to have an agreed upon frequency. And whoever is sending can simply call the recipient on the HT and say they are ready to transmit. Mm -hmm. They then hold the PTT of their radio, which can even be an HT. Mm-hmm. Yes. With the radio placed near the speaker of the computer, they transmit the tones fl digi creates the person receiving the message does the same but they place the radio near the mic of the computer mm, that's it and fl digi will decode the message on the screen if fl msg is being used it will populate the form on the second computer no retyping. Mm -hmm. This is really cool the first time someone sees the form filled out on their screen I have bought some easy digi kits and made some interfaces to connect a Baofeng directly to the computer. Mm -hmm. So I others in the EOC or when uh, wherever the messages are being sent wouldn't be bothered by the noise. Tug is like so considerate mm -hmm. of of animals and humans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so impressive. The problem with uh with using FL message though is um, you get hungry for more messages 15 minutes after you get the first one. <laughs> That's not what MSG does. I know. Yeah. Regarding ICS and NIMS, to get ahead of the game, I'd recommend taking the ICS 100, 200, 700, and 800 courses. That's the first thing you do. <laughs> Seriously, if you want to get involved with the ARRL's Emergency Preparedness Group, uh -huh. the first thing you do is like three classes. I see, uh, uh, like uh, whatever those class. It's like Homeland Security qu uh, classes you can take. They're free. It's all free online. They are independent study, and you get a certificate of completion when you take the final test. Woo. Good information to know. There are many other online courses, all free, that provide some good information and will increase your level of preparedness. I've included links to these as well. I will drink, drop those uh, links in the show notes. I think I've taken the first two. 
Possibly three. Wow. Mm. You're a slacker. Well, this is getting kind of long. Uh, Also, I haven't forgotten about my next song, Life Just Gets in the Way. Is that the name of the song? Life Just Gets in the Way? (laughs) That sounds beautiful. (laughs) Why am I not on the radio? (laughs) We're just going to leave. The wife asked me to make laundry. Make laundry. (laughs) You are apparently also. (laughs) We're going to workshop it. No, we're going to just leave the song writing and singing to Doug and Nathan. Okay. Okay. Okay? I think maybe everybody just stays in their own wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gonna go make laundry. That's that's it for now. Enjoy checking out the ICS info. Seventy three Doug KB eight M. I got to tell you. That's great, Doug. That's Doug is a powerhouse of information. I, I love that so he's much. like such a great music performer and then also just like all about highly the technically highly competent capable. in MCOM. Oh, yeah, I just I love it. Wow. That's the power of ham radio and hams in general. What? So dynamic. <laughs> That's the greatest compliment you could give Josh. That is literally if somebody were to come up to Josh. You are a dynamic individual and be like, I'm good. I'm good for weeks, (laughs) weeks. All right. The next email is titled long time. No QSO or email. And this is from Pinchy Joe. Ah, That's Joe. (laughs) Hello. Joe's down the street in Fullerton. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. I saw him on uh, somebody's. Uh, chat today. It always cracks me up when you're like, we're like, how many people know Spanish? Pinchy <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <laughs> uh, hello, Princess Leia and her scruffy looking nerf herder. Yeah, that was good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I've fallen off the HRCC podcast wagon. I get compulsive when I find a new podcast and have to listen to all of the episodes before I can start listening to other podcasts. <laughs> That's a lot of content. Uh, yeah, I saw, other... I saw you on that. I saw you on that post on Twitter. Yeah. What's your favorite podcast? What was it? It wasn't ours. <gasps> West Mountain Radio posted it. Wow. I saw you in there. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure I did. Actually, I got to look it up. Otherwise, I'm shaming him and he didn't do anything. <laughs> the other podcast that took up all of my listening time is something that I believe will help me be a better person. Mm. Now that I have caught up and I'm now back on the HRCC wagon, I only have from April to catch up. <laughs> oh boy, it's 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 okay, Joe. We're we're not we're not mad or anything. No, we're just disappointed. <laughs> yep, Hamden thoughts. Well, I just wanted to say hi, and I'm back. By the way, I took my IC73 to Joshua Tree a couple of weeks ago. It was so nice not having any noise compared to my S9000 noise at my home QTH. I only made two contacts, was there for the meteor shower, but was able to hear France, Chile, Australia, and several East Coast stations that I can never hear at home. 73, do. <laughs> KN6, NAF, a.k.a. Pinchy Joe. Well, thank you so much, Joe. Pinchy Joe. Welcome back. Never stray again. I'm just kidding. Sure. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy any podcast. 
It's good. It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm pretty sure that Jose on Twitter that I follow. Oh, you know what? What? You have Maybe wrongly it's not. accused I think that Joe. might be a different person. But he's also in California. You have wrongly accused Joe, it, and I will I, not stand for it. If I if I wrongly you apologize you, because to it Joe say he follows right me, and now. I would guess that he would. <clears throat> you apologize to Joe right now. Well, Joe, if that's not you, I apologize. Wow. There we go. Also, apologize to Dennis. That's <laughs> I did nothing against Dennis. I love Dennis. He's great. All right. The next email is oh, titled. He's the like one of the few like ham radio people that I haven't met at any of the shows. Hmm? He only goes to Pacificon. Up north. You've Santa never Rosa. met Dennis? Dennis. Never met him. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Never met him. He only goes to Pacificon. Wow. In Santa Rosa. Are you pointing the right way? Santa Rosa. <laughs> now I am. That was the ocean I was pointing at. <laughs> the next email is titled Merchandise Idea. And this is from Don, the RF field tech. Good day, ham masters. <laughs> Hamsters hamsters for josh's shirt idea from a few weeks ago you could make it the panoramic long road to hoe (laughs) (gasps) but like a uh like a road tour like a like a a, again like a concert shirt Mm, like all the stops right the long road to hoe tour Uh uh-huh that's not bad that's kind of funny that is funny and you're gonna write that down i am layoff For my grade to you, I wouldn't worry much about it for the following reasons. When I was in school, a D stood for diploma, and 70% of the time, 90% of statistics are made up on the spot anyway. (laughs) You know what's funny about that shirt is that you could go, like, we could, I could note the parks that I succeeded, Mm -hmm. which was one, Mm -hmm. and then the rest of the parks we could say show canceled. (laughs) But you could still have all the stops that I made Mm -hmm. to, like, sleep. Mm -hmm. That's funny. That's actually yeah. pretty funny. Okay, we'll think on that. And if we make it, Don, you'll get one. Yeah, that's great. That's 73 Don, KE5, ADX, the RF Field Tech. Great job. All right, the next email is titled, Sometimes You Need to Just Give It a Try. And this is from Bill. Okay. Hi, Josh and Leah. It's been a while since I last wrote, and I have a story to reinforce one of Josh's ongoing messages to the ham radio community. Oh, great. Just try it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Insert whatever caveat you feel appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> On July 29th, I was running around doing a few errands and listening to the HRCC podcast. I stopped at the local Home Depot store. And when I came back to my truck, I remembered there was going to be a 65 degree ISS pass. Wow. Okay. I had just programmed the IC7100 in my GMC Canyon pickup with the ISS repeater frequencies, and I wanted to test if my configuration was good. It was a hot day here in Philadelphia area, and while I had an elk dual-band directional log periodic antenna in the truck bed, I didn't want to leave my air-conditioned cab. I figured I should at least hear the ISS at its highest point with the dual band vertical antenna mounted on the rear driver's side door with the hatchback mount. Mm -hmm. By the way, the hatchback mount has an SO 
239, so I could have unscrewed the vertical and attached the coax for the directional antenna. I was just being lazy and using heat as an excuse. I still had about 15 minutes to kill before the ISS was within range. So, of course, I turned on the HRCC podcast again while I waited. And since the Home Depot parking lot is one of the high points in the area and clear of trees, I decided to stay put. Soon, I started to hear a few stations breaking through the static. The call sign responding to the ground station was NA1SS with a welcome aboard the space station. Mierde, pardon my French. At this point, I was kicking myself for not switching the antenna, but I decided, WTF, let's give it a try. Yeah, give it a try. I put out a call, and on my second try, I heard back, W3CQK, welcome aboard the space station. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. That's so cool. Now I am a proud owner of a QSL card confirming my contact with the ISS crew member Lindgren. Wow. So let me echo, as hams, we need to try things and experiment. You don't need the perfect or most expensive setup to have fun on ham radio. If you don't try, you might miss out on some truly amazing experiences. Wonderfully said. Literally talked to an astronaut in space. It's amazing. I, I love it. I love that so much. Well it, done. Just great job. As a side note, while I currently hold a general class license studying for my extra, talking to the ISS and using other satellites only requires a tech license. That's right. It's one of the best things you can do as a tech. I also had a lot of fun using both 10 and 6 meters as a tech plus in previous solar cycles. Now the sunspots are starting to come back. Contacts to Europe and other DX on these bands is possible on a more reliable basis. You may be surprised who responds to a CQ call on a band that seems quote unquote dead Mm. because no one is just trying. Hey, Tex, take a break from the repeaters and try something different. Indeed. And you can do it on a vertical. You did it on a vertical. I am inspired. Mm. Keep up all of the great work and promotion of ham radio, along with the beans, coffee, peppermint patties, prepping, and whatever pops into your stream of consciousness. 73WB3CQK, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Well, Thank you so, well said. Great I'm story. inspired. You yeah. make me want to talk to an astronauts. When we were in, in Montesano, mm-hmm. somebody did an ISS, uh, the repeater setup that they have on the ISS. Mm-hmm. They made three contacts. Whoa. Live right there with a $40 antenna. Just super cool. That's very impressive. Yeah, very. I was, I was too, I was also inspired from that. Yeah. Because the radio he used, I have in the garage. It's, did you talk to some astronauts though? No, he did. But did you? No, were you didn't. inspired to talk to astronauts or just to I mean, use the that's antenna like that's like radio. a ra- that's like getting a shiny Pokemon talking what? to an astronaut. Like when the ISS goes overhead, the repeater's on. Uh-huh. So you just talk to hams that are on the ground. It, it's a repeater. Right. But they can also respond back. Right. Right. So that's like getting a shiny Pokemon as it goes overhead. It's really hard to get a shiny Pokemon. It, but not as hard as like getting a legendary no shinies can be rare yeah like a shiny legendary i no 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 i wasn't stacking <laughs> like a hundo like a hundo shiny <laughs> all right the next email is titled podcast email question 
Okay. And this is from Paul. You're in the right place. Leia and Josh and the HRCC team. Saw, dude. The- Saw, dude. <laughs> First email here. Welcome to the tower. Welcome. And before I get started, I wanted to say a quick thanks for your informational and entertaining podcast. Well, thank you, wow. Paul. I love the tangents and all the laughter. You two make a great couple. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Did you appreciate the argument that we had earlier? About dry noodles? <laughs> dry noodles. There's a shirt idea. It's a bowl of dry noodles with a baofeng in it. But technically, like if you... We're back to the... If you here we go. You're going to double down. Certain noodle dishes, mm-hmm. like from uh, at least Vietnamese noodle dishes, mm-hmm. they give you an option. Do you want it with soup or do you want it dry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally called dry. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what was the word that you told me earlier in the podcast that's Vietnamese that like stands for a couple different things, as do most words in Vietnamese? Oh, like um, the word for listen and smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it possible that dry is just like the word they're using because they don't have a better word? Yeah, but then that has to be okay for me to use. <laughs> or you're racist. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> get you some dry we got a ton of dry noodles some dry noodles go ahead and make me some noodles while i finish (laughs) i'll finish up the podcast you got the answer you got it you got it make me the noodles (laughs) all right Question. If I run a resonant tunable antenna, such as the Wolf River Coil TIA-1000, mm-hmm. can I still use my FC-50 tuner with it? Would that even make sense? No, you won't need to. Because it's resonant. Because you've adjusted it in just the right way mm. so that it's smack dab on the money on the frequency you want. Now, can you be like, get it kind of close and then just be lazy and run the tuner if you want it like wide banded on the whole band? You can, but the antenna will get less and less efficient as you get away from that resonant spot. Hey, do you realize we're headed into autumn, which is where (laughs) things start to get like, like real cozy, lots of calligraphy. What? (laughs) In our home? No. I'm saying in the world, it goes like real pumpkin spicy, you know? No, you're talking about like crazy scroll work yes. on, on things <laughs> with pumpkins? Yes. The Han Solo look is coming back is what you're telling me. Yes. Ladies be wearing boots over jeans and vests. It's like the perfect season for the resin, uh, uh, radiate, resonate, it, propagate. It shirt. is. It's time. <laughs> yes. it's, we're back in the season. Tis the season for resonate, radiate, propagate. And you, when you wear this shirt, it's very important that you cup your drink with both hands with both hands yes yeah it completes the look right yeah exactly whatever the drink is yeah it could be a bud light you oh, you should definitely wear it with like leggings though and like and and boots and boots right that's i'm saying it's the han solo look. and you can definitely throw a scarf on but you need a vest that is you have terrible. to have a vest no you know that's to. the han solo look that the ladies all pull out you need like a cardigan <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. That's great. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to get you these things, okay? I want you to do that whole thing. (laughs) Bring you a a pumpkin spice latte. But wear the shirt and then I'll be the picture. Holding two, holding with both hands. (laughs) With just pumpkins everywhere. 
We're going to have to find pumpkin farm because <laughs> I'm not buying that many pumpkins. We got a pumpkin farm. It's in the backyard. Is that what's growing? I have no idea. I really just love volunteer plants out of the compost. So there is some gourd plant. Don't know which one it is. <laughs> is it a gourd or do you At the think end it of might the day, be you a melon? Throw it all back into yeah. the compost yeah. and then it's just going to do its own thing. Is it? Do you think it's a melon though? I don't know. I can't. I didn't talk to it. <laughs> what do you identify as today? <laughs> like what? Vine. <laughs> Trash gourd. <laughs> Be careful about that. What? Why? Be careful about the gourds. What? <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Here's a breakdown of how I started radio continues paul as an electrician i wanted to further my understanding of technical troubleshooting in the field mm -hmm. so back in january i bought a book on motor controls and started reading in this book there was a section on transistors so i went into a deep dive and learned a little bit about voltage regulators mosfets igbts and the like up late one night i found this dude Styropyro on YouTube. Nice. He made a video about a hundred watt handheld laser that was driven by a bunch of LM 338s he had yeah. wired together. Those they? are all MOSFETs. Okay. Intrigued, I decided it was worth investigating. I researched voltage regulators and learned about laser diodes and how to power them. Then I started building. I put everything together and tested my newly built driver on a dummy load powered by two Milwaukee M12 batteries. <laughs> what do you know? I got the amperage reading I was looking for and then soldered my diode array onto the driver. Remember, always wear laser safety goggles with appropriate rating in nanometers for specific laser diodes you are playing with. And don't point your laser at air traffic or any living thing for that matter. So uh, that's a voltage regulator, not a MOSFET necessarily. Mm. So there you go. My next project sure was a Tesla coil. Oh I goodness. went with building an old school spark gap Tesla coil, which turned out to resonate at around 150 kilohertz. Whoa. Spark gap Tesla coils are loud AF. So my next door neighbor <laughs> became increasingly annoyed while I persisted in the name of science to tune my coil and get it sparking like 1999 for the 4th of July. <laughs> A few days after the 4th of July, my neighbor approached me in the afternoon while I was getting out of my car. He said, hey, I have a 15-foot antenna in my backyard if you <gasps> want it. What? I replied, no thanks. I'm not sure what I would do with it. He said maybe I could use the rods for something, but I had a feeling he was implying something else, like trying a more quiet activity, such as radio. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Then I started thinking about all the cool technical aspects of putting together a radio station and communicating with someone halfway around the world, mm -hmm. not to mention having an invaluable tool during an H 
an SHTF situation. Mm -hmm. And it turns out adjusting the capacitive and inductive values on the primary and secondary coils of a Tesla coil is very similar to tuning an antenna. Oh. Yes. Then I thought, hey, wait a second. Radio is really cool. So now I'm scheduled to take my technician's exam Friday, September 2nd. I will let you guys know the results. Excellent. Please in, do. In the meantime, I've gotten myself a Baofeng HT for monitoring local repeaters like Claremont 145.220 megahertz and Palomar 145.280 megahertz. So far, I've programmed 25 memory channels and found that Double Peak in San Marcos is one of the best spots in North County to monitor VHF, UHF from very far away. Santiago is a really good repeater network, too, because you probably... You can probably hit Santiago, possibly. So San Marcos is a great place for breweries, but it's mm -hmm. also home to the lake house, which has fishing, paddle boating, mm -hmm. kayaking. All the things you love. Swimming. Can you golf. swim there? You, sw you can swim no, there? No, there's a pool. Oh. The lake house has a pool. <laughs> the lake house does have a pool. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot swim in that water, though. The lagoon. No, it's. I wouldn't. No. It looks very dirty, but... Yeah, so okay, check that out. So check you're, it out. You're gonna if we go to the lake house, think of all of the things that you could do and radio. You know, I liked when we went to the lake. Mm -hmm. Oh, the lake house. Yeah, no, yeah, that was the lake house. Yeah, that was the San Diego trip. Yes, of note, it was our anniversary. Yeah, yeah. that was a that was a it time. Was a great time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of us had a time. <laughs> My real goal, though, is to get my three-year-old nephew in Australia on the radio and talking to his uncle in California. I know three is very young. I was but maybe say. his sister could help supplement the learning curve and become the licensee with whom her son communicates through. So you're so interestingly enough, we're we're about to hit the peak sun cycle in 2025. So he'll be five years old, and it doesn't come around again to another 11 years. Now, keep in mind, I can hit Australia from my home, and you're in Southern California too, so you'll probably have as good luck as I do, mm -hmm. but it's going to be the best, particularly during the days, uh, during high solar cycle. So he will be, let's see, 5 at 11, so he'll be 16, 17 years old by the time we get the next like massive uptick in solar activity. So that's totally feasible, right? Mm -hmm. 17? Yeah. But then he's going to be all busy with girls and... Wow. Wow. Better that... get his ego project done before he gets there. Is that uh, actually the age? What? It's not college? What? For girlfriends? That's college, right? No. Well. No. <laughs> <laughs> not if you ask me and my upbringing, but... But like for our kids, it's college. I hope Apparently, so. top universities expect you to have the equivalent of 15 college level courses or AP classes that already is completed for your transcript that is by the insane. time you apply. That is insane. You Dual enrollment is the only option now. Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. And summers are gone. You got a dual enrollment and, and college classes in the summer. For multiple years. That's insane. Yeah. Sorry. So no Sorry, girls. Ben and Edison. No girls. Unless you're in your class. 
unless you are also dual enrollment. And they're super and, about that life. And the context is that, that you're genuinely no studying. Right. Where you can just sheepishly look across each other to each other while you're looking at your books, just occasionally glance. And that thrill has to be enough for you. <laughs> so bad. I am really floored that that is the new standard. That's insane. Because they did away with the SAT and right, ACT. Right, so then they pushed it down to just having more college classes. Of course. Which How is, committed are you? Which is actually worse because you have yes, to pay it, for college classes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And well, you have to devote I take a, that a ton of your life to do it versus no, I, being good on a test. I take that back because I think that in California anyway, the college courses are free for the first two years. It, it doesn't matter. The difference, they just put it into works, right? They mm -hmm. put it into like, like uh, credit is probably the wrong term, but it, it's kind of still the right term. That how much you build up going in against other people is how you will win. Oh, it's by not the about way, score in testing anymore. You That's also crazy. have to. So the way that you approach public colleges is different from the way you approach private. Privates want you to have a very well-rounded academic. Oh, of course, uh, like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you and, have to have all the extracurriculars. Oh my goodness. And two hundred hours of community service. Oh, oh my how do you do God. it? How does that That's, work? But then, but then everybody thinks, oh, it's so important for mental health and high school students should be able to sleep in a little later. So we passed a law it, about it. It's and so it's like, insane that like you cannot have a top tier, super exclusive anything and think that you will remove the barrier at which they were keeping other people out and then expect that they won't find another barrier. Right. That, like no one. What did anyone expect? What did anyone expect? We're so we're so upset right now. <laughs> like it's just so it, yeah, it's so frustrating. I mean, don't get me wrong. I um I'm not a fan of SATs and stuff like that. But at the same time, what do we have now? We have just a relentless amount of college credits that you have to have before you even apply. Yes. And also you basically have a to ton enter of extracurriculars. That's yeah. Oh, that's insane. That is insane. I thought it was impressive that I entered as a sophomore at 17, but you're, now you're like, I'm you wouldn't slacker. even make it. Yeah, you wouldn't I'm even make slacker. it. You wouldn't even be in. They were like, sorry. I just can't wrap my mind. We got this like surgeon over here. He's 15. <laughs> get out and of all, here with this. He only got into UC Santa Cruz. <laughs> He's a banana slug. I'm just kidding. Santa Cruz is a fantastic school. That's... <laughs> It's fine. It, it is fine. <laughs> no offense if anybody's a banana slug. That's just that's just like a really ongoing joke in Cerritos for some reason. It's fine. It's a fine school. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that huge tirade. That's very frustrating. Just looking at our babies going, oh, what world? You're already screwed. <laughs> what world do you have to grow up in? Well, kids, here's a camera. Let me yeah. show you how to be a YouTuber. <laughs> this is your future now. I swear to God, you stay away from these children with a YouTube camera. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you about the world of Twitch. Do you like gaming, son? No. No. <laughs> no. 
I could I could make Edison like a supreme right now twitch right now he would be he would he would he kill it talks he would kill like, it he would kill it I could put him on Twitch right now and he would just he would win Twitch he would win it the whole thing we should set up a Coogan account a what a Coogan account. what is a Coogan account that's like for child stars right oh like not know. stars but child actors mm -hmm. because i think now there might be some regulations requiring like any monetization of kid stuff to be Coogan'd. this is like copa stuff no it's it's like to prevent parents from stealing all their child actor earnings oh no we won't let them Coogan's law. we won't let them emancipate i would just put all the money in the trust and then like then they could use it for college <laughs> and then i'd be like i don't trust you <laughs> what when they try and get money out of it the trust is set up for them they can yeah, draw down to pay tuition and but they don't need that they're gonna be twitch stars what do you think just happened? edison edison would be a twitch star what <laughs> Ben's not going to be a Twitch star. I know that. What do you, what do you think happened to like Nia Higa and like Kevin? They did not do the dream. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Kevin what? Kev Zumba. I don't know. Did they go to school to be the good boy? <laughs> oh, it's hurting me. It's, it's hurting my tiger mom sensibility. We're all going to be Richard in the future. Oh my god. <laughs> I think I have to pause. <laughs> I will pause. All right, well. We're back. Existential crisis over. <laughs> Paul continued. Uh, let's see. Paul signs off once again. Thank you guys for facilitating such an amazing informational resource. Party on Wayne 73. Party Paul. on Earth. Thank you so much and good luck on your tech exam. Good luck. You can do it. Oh, I mean, he's building You're an Tesla coils so and stuff. Like, like you probably yeah, good. He's yeah. all right. You should just go straight to extra. That's how you test out, actually. If you yeah. build a Tesla <laughs> coil like at the test exam, you're like, whoa. That's Oh, here you go. <laughs> Here's your technician. Yeah. I'm kidding. Don't try and build a Tesla coil at your yeah. test location. It, and then tell me, just tell them the I test. said it was okay. No, just, it, it'll be faster just to take yeah, the yeah, test, yeah, I promise you. Yeah. <laughs> the next email is titled Poda Paradise Redux. Oh. And this is from John. Redux. What? Rideau. Rideau. <laughs> Hi, Leia. Hi, Josh. I figured I'd better write a follow-up to the last week's po a postcard and answer some of your questions. Yes. Josh was correct about the area outside of the fence being the public beach. If you don't remember, we got a postcard from John that was from, was it, what was it, Laguna? Laguna. Yeah. But two words instead of Laguna. Word. Right. Inside the fence part is a bar, so technically it would not count. I'm for guessing Poda. where all the people are under the umbrellas is the bar. <laughs> this is the state park where there is no one. <laughs> Just a hunch. But he was wrong. 
when he guessed that the ocean was in the rear of the photograph. Oh. That is the Absecon Bay. That thing is huge. Look at that. The ca- I know. <laughs> the camera drone, sorry, quadricopter, would be over the edge of the Atlantic Ocean. Side note, this bar also hosts the town's polar bear plunge at noon on New Year's Day at this spot. Last nice. year, they raised over $70,000 for a veteran's home, mostly from T-shirt sales. Not a peninsula either. Laguna is on Brigginton Beach Island, one of the many barrier islands along the coast of southern New Jersey. It is just north of Atlantic City. All of the barrier islands, in fact, all of the Atlantic coast of New Jersey, is along the New Jersey Coastal State Trail, POTA K6544. I, I love the Thank you. Josh is like, I'm going to New Jersey. I mean, I had a lot of info to look at on the postcard, mm-hmm. and it certainly looks like the ocean in the background, doesn't it? It's water to water. It's corner yeah. to corner, all yeah. water. Um, well, thank you for that, for the clarification. It looks like a really fun hotel. Not just a beautiful... But it's in New Jersey. Oh, I know. I, lo- I want to go to New Jersey. I've been. Not just... Well, I take that back. I've been to Camden. Oh. That's a... Is there a beach there? There's Campbell's Field. Is that a beach? crime. That has nothing to do with New Jersey Shore. No, I was not at the Jersey Shore. Yeah. Not just a beautiful vacation spot on the Jersey Shore, Brigantine is a very prepper-oriented community. Mm. It is not about the spot where the... It is... I'm sorry. It is about the spot where Superstorm Sandy made landfall... In October 2012, please note it was before my family bought on the island, so I know this from news accounts and talking to neighbors. The island was badly damaged and people were without power for days. To get to the mainland, you cross a bridge to Atlantic City, another island, and then another bridge and a causeway to the mainland. Yow. Many homes and buildings were beyond repair. Ten years later, there are still scars and visible damage. Just this spring, they tore down an abandoned house on my street. One of my neighbors has a brass plaque on his home showing the high water mark. Wow. Wow. Following the storm, solar panels became the norm, not generators, as one might expect. Generators require fuel, mm-hmm. fuel, and there is no fuel readily available after a hurricane. It's very difficult to get to an island like that, I assume, if you're going through multiple right. islands that were also hit by the same storm. Electric and gas were shut off. Solar panels will keep working. So a very high percentage of homes and businesses now have solar panels on them. Smart. Unfortunately, this means that the island is extremely noisy from an RF standpoint. I can I can understand that. I turn on my radio in our home, the noise level is S7+. Plus. Mm. In the summer, there are lots of air conditioner units, some rather old, throwing off more noise. The noise level is extreme. The only place I have found that is worse in uh, Atlant- is in Atlantic City itself. I visited the lighthouse there for the lighthouse on the air weekend. Absicon Light, lighthouse number NA0001. It is in the shadows of billions of led lights of the casinos Mm -hmm. and it made it near impossible for them to make a contact wow that's tough shout out to the shore points amateur radio club spark and the south county's amateur radio 
Association, SCARA, for setting up their radios at the lighthouse on such a blazing hot day. Name like Spark sounds about right if you got yeah. that much lighting <laughs> causing a problem. Uh, but there are some quiet places nearby. The northernmost end of Brigantine Island has a state bird sanctuary with no development at all. Hmm. The beach is wild, the same as it has been for centuries before man began to visit the island. But it does have a road that goes to a bird watching tower, and this is a great POTA spot. It is far enough away from houses that there is less RF noise than in town. Uh-huh. Propagation is great, being six feet above sea level, about 200 yards from the ocean and about 200 yards to the bay. Even a single mag mount ham sticks on the car have helped me make contacts from Italy to San Jose on the same day. Oh, that's great. Wow. Very good. Very impressive. Just across the bay is a federal wildlife sanctuary, also in the one million plus acre Pinelands National Reserve. Yes, more than a million acres of federally protected land. Wow. Much of it wilderness forest in New Jersey. Even better, there are spots where all three overlap. Triple Poda? Yeah, sounds like it. Or the. Yeah, yeah, sure. Checks out. We should go there. The math works out. I will go to the resort. Here, the Laguna. And you can triple... I'm going to show you a picture. Triple Poda. Look at this. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Yeah, We're literally the, lit, lit. Yeah, it's the same picture. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm literally holding I, the postcard. I hope this adds some context to the <laughs> postcard photo. There was not enough room even on the oversized card to explain it popper, uh, properly. Yeah, thank you for the clarification. 73 to all of the HRCC family, John WB3JAC, the no-code general with a 7300. Note, this email was written on and sent from a genuine microcenter, Jankopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very cool. Thank you again for that postcard and the explanation. I think you may have convinced Josh that he's going to go to the Jersey Shore. Jersey. I've been. Jersey. For a radio? I, I, I don't know. Okay. I've been to I've been in Jer- New Jersey. But the shore. I, okay. I, I would go. Triple Poda. I don't think it's on the shore. Triple Poda. I think it's like in a very distant area. All right. A million square feet. I, I'm assuming you got to drive there. Okay. Yeah. The next email is titled Cheap, Cheap, Cheap Laptop and Hats. And this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Nathan. Okay. To Lady Leia and Swine of the Ham Pen Josh. Okay. Wow. Just like kick you real hard. Greetings. Right in the ribs. I took the dive of the Jankopotamus once they became available for shipping from Micro Center. Unfortunately, again, not available for shipping. <laughs> they are, again, not available for shipping. In fact, I'm writing you this email on the very device. I was actually surprised by how well it works. I have yet to connect it to the radio, but I don't doubt that It'll work since many have confirmed that WSJTX works on it. I mean, I confirmed that. Yeah. We will see Nathan, how Nathan, do you not believe goes. me anymore? <laughs> do you think I'm lying, Nathan? 
I think it is just fine. The keyboard is kind of small and the default location and size of some of the buttons are weird, such as the enter and backspace buttons. Weirdly, the SKU number for the one I received, uh, both in order and on the packing slip, has the LTE slot listed as a feature, but mine doesn't have it. Fine by me, since I wasn't going to use it anyway. Just seems whoever packed it up at Micro Center just picked up the first one they came across. All good for me. Well, if you want the LTE slot, I think you should say something. Well, the um, the reason that some people are upset about that is that they want to open the laptop, take the LTE card out, resell it to make the laptop even cheaper, and then there's actually hard drives that will slot into that spot. Oh. And they can increase the hard drive capacity. So, what a bummer. So that actually is a bummer. But again, I remind everybody, it's well, if $60 you, laptop. If that's what you ordered, that's what you should get, Nate. Right? Uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Also, I can't remember the last time I received a new laptop and I needed to peel film off the screen, like a new smartphone or, uh, phone or something. It was very lightly on there with bubbles and such. Not a very satisfying peel off. <laughs> More of a needed task to complete. <laughs> it is a $60 laptop. It's $60. I hope to try the device out very soon in the park wilds. The great thing is that the power plug required is this exact same as the true SDX. When you already have a 10 pack from Amazon of 3.5 by 1.35 right angle plugs, mm -hmm. you basically have nine extra. It works out to buy 10 of something because you might use it later on for something else. Party on, excellent. Something <laughs> else unrelated I have learned in the last 24 That's hours That's another is, Wayne's World reference. If you can't get the keyboard to work, try tapping the screen. It is probably a touch screen. <laughs> yes. Pause for Josh. You know, the touch screen you installed yourself. Yeah. Just said I didn't remember. <laughs> like, I can't get this keyboard to work. <laughs> There's no mouse. I'm like, oh, it's a touch screen. Oh, right. Now on to Leia. Our cap saga continues. I'm going to take a minute here. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because uh, there was an issue with the first round of hats that was ordered, and I ended up just pulling the hats off of Ham Tactical until I could figure out a way to um, get the hats more consistently made. Mm -hmm. Okay. The There was like um, an image issue when the hats were printed, um, so they basically had to reprint them um, or re-embroider them. And this is kind of just the issue with embroidering in general. It's just, it, it ends up being like not perfect. Right. It's not like a print. Yeah. Which comes out just like the images. Yeah. The machine with thread can sometimes be a problem. So everyone who ordered will be getting uh, their hat. It was just delayed. So I'm so sorry, everybody who, um, it, it's just a handful of people who bought hats but i still feel terrible that there was this delay and i've got to figure out something else to do about the hats i've got to go back to the drawing board i and i i kind of knew that i would run into issues it's like literally one of the biggest uh failure points when you're doing any kind of merch that's kind of like, what takes the reason it took so long right is that you wanted to make it right yeah exactly and it's, 
I already knew this because I, I know other people who have like shops where they have also tried embroidery and they just, they cut it mm. because it's such a problematic like thing to get done. And I don't know how to fix that because I've looked at like so many um, embroidery services. I just don't know. It it may actually need to be like a Velcro patch that goes on a Velcro hat. Oh. And it would be like the, um, what is it, like PVC or something like that? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, For sure. The molded patches. Right. I think that's the only way to really get things. To get away from embroidery. <sighs> it's so frustrating. And I am so sorry, everybody, who ordered hats and had to wait. Uh, well, Nathan says, I fully understand the delay and I appreciate all of your efforts, especially from all our demands. I am patient and have other hats too, so I got it all covered. Well, thank you for being understanding, Nate. Nate signs off 73K1MAZ, Nathan. And there is a list of quotes. A crown is merely a hat that lets the rain in. Frederick the Great Live your life, do your work, then take your hat. Henry David Thoreau. I met in the street a very poor young man who was in love. His hat was old, his coat worn, his cloak was out at the elbows, and water passed through his shoes and the stars through his soul. Victor Hugo. There we were, hundreds of us lined up, waving at the great man as he tipped his hat to us. And that is the extent of my acquaintance with Albert Einstein, Gregory Peck. P.S. I just got the ARRL email newsletter and I see that Huntsville had a record attendance of 5,420. Yeah. That sounds like it was fun. That's that's the second largest ham fest. Third. Th what, what are the? Hamcation is the second. Oh, which right. Which is almost, right. which is getting very close to, uh, to Hamvention. Amcation is very big. How how many attendees is um, Hamvention? Uh, like thirty five thousand. Oh, that is a lot. Yeah, it's it's a pretty that's big a pretty jump. big jump. I mean, it, it's much bigger in size. Mm. Like the 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 physical size of it is much bigger. It's also a day more. It starts on Friday. Oh, I see. Right, so you have you have more time. Well, Nate says, sounds like it was fun. Attached are AI renderings of the word woodsman, blonde, beard, ham radio, outside, smiling. Seems about right. And I'm going to show you the pictures. That's scary. Yeah, the AI uh, stuff is Why are the hands wild. like that? Because it's AI created. It's really weird. What? The AI images are getting real crazy. I am very uncomfortable. Yeah, that they make. That makes pretty me wild very, images. Uh, thank you, Nate, for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not done because it's time for... It's the final email. Okay. The last email is titled, The Josh Nass Vanity Project. <laughs> Somebody this... watched... <laughs> and this comes from also volunteer podcast co-producer nate i am glad josh doesn't review ipads because i don't have an ipad or will probably never have one random car reviews no thank you 
review a new ham radio product, $60 laptop, IC7300, FT891, Countycom GP7, Sabrin sound card, Wolf River coils, rig expert, Chameleon MCOM3 bass, Matt Simple CW practice kit, Fisher Price soldering iron, True SDX, FT3DR, Balfang, 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 TYT UV88, N3FJP, WSJTX, JSA Call, Gordon West Study Books, Signal Stuff, Signal Stick, and many others. This is your impact on my wallet. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's impressive. That's, that's okay. A, that's actually a very impressive wallet, Nathan. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Thanks so much for all of your help and all you do. 73K1MAZ. Thank you very much, Nathan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Nathan. And that uh, wraps it up. Thank you, everyone, for sending your emails. At Leia at hamtactical.com. They are uh, much appreciated. We love hearing from you. Thank you. Leia, would you like to take a test? I mean, not really. (laughs) You just got to get three right and then you're good. I'm just going to do three right or wrong. Right or wrong. You are very tired right now. Yes. Yes, I appreciate it. I am at 14 out of 35. Okay. Which of the following is an effect of overmodulation? A, frequency drift. B, excessive bandwidth. C, insufficient audio. Or D, insufficient bandwidth. And I selected A, frequency drift. That is wrong. It is B, excessive bandwidth. Yep. And I've got no hint to tell me. Uh, how to remember that pie? If you drive more, you splatter outside of what the radio is supposed to do. Okay. Your audio splatters like away. Look at out, that. You're, splashes outside. You're like my ham study. <laughs> I try, I guess. Yeah. What is the reason for neutralizing the final amplifier, amplifier stage of a transmitter? A, to limit the modulation index. B, to eliminate self-oscillations. C, to keep the carrier on frequency, or D, to cut off the final amplifier during standby periods? Uh, I don't know. C, to keep the carrier on frequency? No, it's to eliminate self-oscillations. That's great. Over two. <laughs> so it was three. Huh? Was that three? No. Okay. Which of the following describes a full break-in telegraphy? Telegraphy. Telegraphy. QSK. A, an operator must activate a manual send-receive switch before and after every transmission. B, transmitting stations can receive between code characters and elements. C, automatic keyers instead of hand keys are used to send Morse code. Or D, braking stations send the Morse code pro sign BK. Mm. I don't know. B, transmitting stations can receive between code characters and elements. That's right. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, full break-in just basically means you're transmitting when when you're key down. Fantastic. Otherwise, there's a like a hold open spot. So you could be like 
mid character and you could hear someone or you could be between two characters and you can hear somebody transmitting at the same time and then stop so you can, cause you can hear them. Oh. Otherwise there's a, there's a slight timeout if you gotcha. will. So anyway, Leia, thank you so much for being a good sport, getting through all those emails and the test. I got a question and, and normally I don't, I would have saved this normally to do on, you know, no dumb Ooh. questions in ham radio, Ooh. but this one was a good enough question that I think has come up enough times that I think I'll just, I'll talk about it on the podcast. This is, what do you do if you have many antennas and many radios? And how do you interface all the antennas with all your radios? Or maybe... Wow, what a, what a first world problem. Or, or maybe, you have, <laughs> maybe you have one antenna for HF and you have many radios, mm. which is often more what happens is that somebody will put up one HF antenna and they'll want to, they'll have like a primary radio and then they'll like test a, a second radio or a third radio, right? So how do you negotiate that, right? So there's a couple of different ways to look at this. And I think we'll take the most practical way first and that there's a thing called an antenna switch, right? I think a lot of people are familiar with antenna switches. I like the Alpha Delta switches that you can buy online. They are not cheap. They're generally over $100 and they come in the form factor of one input, two outputs or vice versa. So like one antenna and two radios that you can have connected or four antennas that you can have connected and vice versa one antenna four radios and you can you can literally work with them like that many people have said and it's kind of like a wives tale in ham radio that oh no you definitely cannot transmit with a and uh w with flipping an antenna switch normally people say a oh, one radio connecting to multiple antennas and you use the switch to identify which antenna you want to use. The reality is that's not true. You can do it the other way around where you have one antenna and multiple radios. The thing you have to worry about is what the isolation is between the radios. Because radios are sensitive devices, you can get into a situation where you are putting too much power adjacent to the first radio that could get into the second one and potentially damage it. And so generally the way to look at this is that you need about 50 dB of isolation. Maybe more, more is better. Less is sometimes okay. All the way down to like 20-ish uh, dB, people say, is about the maximum that any adjacent receiver can take before there's damage that's sustained. So the way to look at this is by whatever switch you get, if it's just for switching antennas, so multiple antennas into one radio, you're probably fine. You don't have to worry about this that much. But if you want to do it the other way, where you're going to feed multiple radios into one antenna or or a secondary switch that, you know, you've got two switches, one for multiple antennas and one for multiple radios, then you have to look at that radio switch, the one that connects to the radio for isolation. And the manufacturers actually provide you this DB rating so that you can know if you are getting the isolation you need. Now, there'll be a video in the show notes. It is from W2AEW, great uh, YouTube channel. He's got a lot of wonderful videos, and one of them is on ham tips, safely using a coax switch to connect multiple rigs to a single antenna setup. And he actually shows you how to use a nano VNA and switching between the different antennas, or sorry, the different transmitters, to show you what type of isolation you're getting. 
And most of the time, for most switches, definitely the uh, Alpha Delta switches, you are going to get the isolation you need, so you generally don't have to worry about that. But it's a fantastic way to actually like use your Nano VNA to test practically exactly the capability you're getting. At the same time, it's it's generally considered a good thing to do to just turn your radio off that's not connected to the live coax feed. It is grounded with the Alpha Delta and others, so you, you don't have to worry that much. But keep that in mind uh, when you are actually thinking about doing this. I myself have an Alpha Delta 4 antenna into one coax feed line, and that one coax feed line actually goes into a splitter. And that one splitter goes to my 7610, and the other goes to an open coax feed line that I have on the workbench. So whenever you see me testing a radio live on the overhead cam on my shot, it is generally on an antenna switch uh, that I believe, I think it might even be an MFJ. But um, I've not had any problems damaging a 7300 or 7610 or any of the multiple radios that are on on deck getting reviewed while I also have the 7610 or, or you know 7300 going live. So I've been pretty successful with, uh, with using switches in both directions, multiple antennas or multiple transceivers. But again, make sure you look at that isolation. This question, though, opens itself up into other interesting areas. And there are, are things that we do in ham radio that a lot of times we don't necessarily like talk about, um, but there are things that come out in like field day, or if you've got multiple operators during a contest, but you only have one antenna, well, how do you, how do you all work simultaneously? So if you have a multi-band antenna, and, and to my mind, there are a couple that come, you know, come to my mind, tri-band Yaggies, for instance, or hex beams, like the, the buddy hex, right? The buddy hex is a multiple wire element antenna. It's literally stacked two element Yaggies, if you think about it. So they sell things called triplexers or pentaplexers, um, other things like that. And triplexers exist for two meters and 70 centimeters. So you can have a two meter radio connected on one coax line and a 70 centimeter connected on another coax line using the same antenna. Some people will use this for APRS on one radio and they'll use the other radio for talking on repeaters at 70 centimeters while using the same antenna. And that prevents you from blowing up the other radio that's connected to the same antenna. So efficiency wise, using a dual band antenna all of a sudden makes a lot of sense, right? That's a diplexer. When a triplexer though, and, and then again, pentaplexers and, and other versions of that, those will allow you to break up HF frequencies. So for instance, um, I'm looking at a Dune Star HF triplexer. These are not cheap, okay? This is a $220 device, but the triplexer, and I'm reading off the page, our triplexer units can be custom built using a combination of 10, 15, 17, 20, 40, and 160 meters. So what this does is it'll take one antenna input, usually for a multiband antenna, and give you three outputs, and they can be um, modified depending to suit your needs. So it could be 40 meters and 20 meters and 17, or for contest stations, it could be 40, 20, and 15, or 40, 20, and 10. Um, any of those things become possible, and what that allows is that all of a sudden you have one multiband antenna 
but you could be connected to three separate stations with three separate simultaneous operators. Now, this type of device will still need bandpass filters, and a bandpass filter, the easy way to look at a bandpass filter is it's, it's like a, a bookend. If you're looking at a bookshelf, right, and if you looked at the entire bookshelf, let's say you had 60, what was it, 6,000 books that Thomas Jefferson had, right? 6,724, I think. 6,000 something books, right? Well, that's the entire shortwave band space, if frequencies that you looked at. But you only care about 20 meters. Well, what if you just took two bookends, right? Two, two bookends, we call them bandpass filters, and you slotted them in somewhere in the middle, uh, and it's about 15 books wide. Everything on the left hand, the right hand side of the leftmost bookend and the left hand side of the rightmost bookend are the only things your radio can hear. That's a bandpass filter. It's filtering on both the low side of the band and the high side of the band. You can buy bandpass filters for any of the amateur radio bands. These are really, really helpful for field day. Why am I mentioning this? Well, it's you could have one antenna connected to multiple receivers or transmitters, or you could have multiple antennas in close proximity, but you still need that isolation to allow simultaneous radio operation. So I don't think we say enough about things like triplexers and bandpass filters, and those are important uh, for ham radio, particularly when you have multiple people, multiple people simultaneously activating. So keep that in mind too. Now for you home users who are with probably more expensive radios, we're talking uh, 7610s, Yaesu FT-101Ds, a lot of the Elecraft units, Flex Radio, all of that, they will be multiple transceiver radios. They'll have two onboard transceivers. Now, what makes those interesting and valuable is you can attach multiple antennas to them. And I know this is going beyond what the questions the, the question was initially here, but the value of this is twofold. You can put up a vertical antenna, a vertically polarized antenna at your shack, and you could put up a horizontally polarized antenna. So think of a DX commander and a dipole. The characteristic difference between the receive capability of those two antennas is enough that you may want to hear them simultaneously or may want to have a radio on that can logically switch between them in whichever one has the highest signal, right? And that's what a lot of these more expensive radios do. That's honestly why you pay for a 7610 or an FT-101D or whatever radio that is the ability of two transceivers. By having two antenna inputs, I know my 7610 does this, it will favor whichever antenna has a better receive signal and pipe that into your audio, whether that's the speakers coming out of the radio or into the headphones that you're actually listening to. It will also do um, simple diversity, antenna diversity, where it will put the left side of your, your headphones on the vertical antenna or the A channel transceiver and the B channel transceiver, which might be your horizontally polarized antenna, like a dipole in your right ear. So when you are contesting or being active on the bands or trying to work DX, you will find yourself in a situation where one antenna is going to perform better. That could be a Yagi. In my case, that's kind of what I have. I have a Yagi on the roof that I can point, but I also have a receiving loop that can go in my right ear. 
and sometimes the receiving loop performs better. Now I am going to be putting a rotor on my receiving loop, and once I do that, then I'll have even more control because I can actually rotate the receiving loop to make it null out certain spots and um, selectively give a bit of receiver gain to um, to other locations, right? Because that's that's how loops generally work. So that is kind of all the points I could think of on having many antennas and many radios and how do you mesh them together. You could you could make a actually as I already mentioned. Um, the ham tip from W2AEW does talk about the differences on antenna switches, but this whole conversation of when you start getting a little bit further down, particularly into HF ham radio, you will find yourselves putting up more antennas. And that's a good thing. Uh, that allows you to kind of selectively switch between them. And some of the more base model radios don't necessarily make that an easy process to be able to switch back and forth. So you will need to utilize things like antenna switches. Good stuff, I think, um, to get started in ham radio for sure, because building dipoles and verticals is cheap. So if you've got the option, you should always try to put up a dipole and put up a vertical, two different polarizations, and you could just switch between them and you could figure out which one is better for whatever station you're trying to hear, particularly if you're hunting that DX, that's going to be really good. So there you go. Now I will tell everybody that's listening. Leia is very tired. She has left us. I will say this is the first time in podcast history where I am going to say the salutations and say thank you to everybody watching us. So allow me to do that now. And then we're just going to wrap. So there's no 73 from Leia tonight. But thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73. Thank you, Leah. Good night.